This is the new song, Uke. I know this. Yeah. I figure this is like... Who doesn't like this song? Uh. Right? How do you not bob your head to this, right? Guys! First episode of Fairly Normal 2016! I'm Josh Wolf. That's Kevin Euclid, everybody. Now, do you feel like, and I chose this song, this song fits with this podcast? Yeah, no, this is good. It's good, right? Tell me something good. Oh, she's like, um... That's what you should have named it, Tell Me Something Good. That's not a terrible idea. Right? But then I think I would have to end up paying them something. Really? Oh, yeah, today. Trademark infringements. Ah, it's the worst. That's my favorite part of the song. Just two Jews bobbing their heads up. <laughs> Do you think when they wrote that song, they were like, the Jews are going to fucking love this song? <laughs> or, or produce it. Yeah, one or one the other. other. Own this song. Yeah. The no. Jews who was, own this song. There was no in between it. there. They're going to they're gonna own the company or produce the song. They definitely did not imagine just two Jews in the in a studio bobbing their head up and down like, <laughs> yeah, this is my jam. Only at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> What what was your do you remember your the big song at your bar mitzvah? No, man. So I was thirteen, mm-hmm. right? Of course. Uh, What'd you get? How'd you make out? Oh, of course, made good. Did you make out yeah. like a bandit? Yeah, a lot of mall, a lot of mall gift certificates, all that good stuff. Yeah, I don't remember what I. My parents took it all, you know. Whatever. You you don't you don't Did take they, it yourself, do you? Yeah, that was part of the deal for me is that I needed to have control of the loot. Oh, really? Yeah. And I told you about that dude last night. Right. Yeah, so I was like, I went through that. And uh, by the way, anybody who sees what I'm doing there, I told him that- One of the sickest stories I've ever heard. Yeah, so the guy who taught me how to, and I'm a Jew, everybody, big Jew. So go ahead and send in your hate emails now. <laughs> um, and you know what's funny, by the way? Uh, anti, you know, some people, I think, think anti-Semitism is like not a real thing. It's like, did you get any playing baseball? Did I get what? Anti-Semitism. Um... I mean, you heard one or two things. Nothing big, though. Not from the stands, nothing? No, nothing from the stands. I mean, you heard things here and there, but it wasn't anything. I mean, you never really heard it that bad. And did the, did any of the Hispanic players or black players, did you, in your Oof. experience, did they did they get it worse? Yeah, no, I think... From uh, the stands? Nah, well, you just feel like, you know, for me at Fenway sometimes, you would feel a little bit of difference. It wasn't huge, but you'd feel a little difference between... Some of the players, and I would stick up because I would be like, if I came out and said something, right? Um, it to wasn't... the stands, the people in to the stands, stands yeah. Yep. So it was tough. I mean, sometimes you would just feel the energy was a little different, but nothing like horrible, horrible. But not like soccer fan, what they do to the people. <laughs> oh no, Germany like yeah. soccer. Yeah. Fans? No. <laughs> oh my god. No, 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 not that bad. No, and and in none of the stadiums, did you feel like like in like none of the stadiums had like. Uh, you feel like the base? Do you feel like baseball fans are more tame? Are oh, you, for you, sure than football. Yeah. Oh, football's the worst. Like you can't take your kids to a football game. Wait, wait. Do you feel like at Fenway it would have been hard to take your kids? You couldn't sit out. No, in the you could. Field, you but... could take your kids because there's 162 games. Right. So you could take your kids to football. I mean, to Fenway. Yeah. But football games. I've been to football games. There's fights like outside yeah. the parking lots everywhere. It's crazy. It's good people watching. Oh yeah, no, it's crazy. Well, do you see the thing at uh, Gillette? The guy that had all the weapons? 
No, what? Yeah, does anybody have that? No. What, we, what do we, we got to pull that up? Can you pull up weapons at Gillette, Aaron? Um, what happened? I mean, he's fitzing. Yeah, I'm fitzing right now. Sorry. That's all right. I I, love I came it. in here. I'm fitzing already. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do best. Uh, It'll stop though. You know, you brought up 162 games. I've always wanted to ask, right? So most people are like, well, baseball, that season's easy. The, it's got to be so easy because, you know, they're not doing anything. But football. But to me, I understand football is brutal on the body, and by Wednesday you can't move and it takes a while. Right. But the grind of how many days off do you have in that 162-game schedule? So you play 162 games in 187 days. So is the is like explain, because what is the part of that that people don't understand that is so grueling? Because I imagine that's – even though it's not football and it's not rugby and it's not hockey like we talked about, it's got to still be a fucking crazy grind, right? By the end oh, of that yeah. season. Well, it's just hard because every day you got to wake up and you got to go to the field and you're just like, oh man, today I don't feel it. I do not feel like going to the field today. Like, but you find a way. You know, before, you know, there was amphetamines and right. that was a big thing where you could take an amphetamine and you're ready to play. But once amphetamines was over, it was like, oh my God! You know, what year is that? What year is it? Two thousand four ish, I want to say. So it, or it, six, two thousand four, two thousand six. I don't know which years it was. Oh, the, the, there was a cleaver found in a sword. Holy shit! Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is the best one here. Check this one out. In his where was where where did they find that? Oh wow! What did I just hit? Check out that. I mean, that is like a butcher. I mean, that's where, like Gangs of where, New York of like Leonardo DiCaprio. This? Like, oh, in his trunk. So they found the dead rabbits. That's dead rabbits, right they there. They found a, a, a sword, a, a one of those bows, um, a electric drill. It looks like a cleaver. Holy shit! So this dude was gonna do some damage. This dude was coming out to literally. I don't, I don't even know what you. What do you Where do, do you with do all that? this stuff? That's all like knives and like. I mean, you can. There's laws to carry guns. I yeah, mean, but, you think this was going to kill somebody? Do you know there's a guy in my – and I want to get back to the 162 game. Uh, oh, wait, I, we lost it. There, the, there was a guy in my hallway and when I lived in Hollywood, right? And so he was an extra on one of the Star Treks, Voyagers, and he was a Klingon. So he, and he, would, come, <laughs> he would come home in costume. No way. Okay, so – How long does it take? I didn't ask him because he was fucking weird. And here's why this will make you know why I didn't ask him. So one day he's in his uh, outfit and he's got his Klingon face on, but he's wearing <laughs> this was the best part. He used to wear, keep the Klingon face on, but he would walk around in his robe. So what? it's like robe. When you walk around the hallway, you'd see him in the lobby, but Klingon face. Right. And he had a sword that he always carried with him around his back, big sword. He killed a hooker in a park with a sword. This is the stuff you post on Instagram, he by the way. He killed a hooker, and so he got arrested. We saw this dude. It was so weird to see a Klingon in a bathrobe get arrested, but that's what happened in my <laughs> apartment. <laughs> How does that happen? Well, so that's – and I asked the, the apartment manager. I'm like, what's the deal? And she goes, well, apparently he hired a hooker because he – his fetish was to get blowjobs when he had his Klingon. Oh, my God. But I guess there was a problem. So Trekkies love the Klingons. I guess. Like I, women. Trekkie women Trekkie love. Trekkie women must love because they have that Klingon. The Klingon that's dick crazy. is like, I don't know if you know that. It has three heads. I don't know. That's I true. don't know this that's stuff. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't Star know. Wars, I barely know. I let alone Star Trek. Star Trek was a whole other level of people. I haven't seen the new Star Wars, so I'm that guy. 
I haven't either. My wife did, and she almost spilled the beans on everything. Yeah. I'm and my a- daughter, a nine-year-old, was crying, like hysterically crying in the movie. So I can't wait to see what she was crying about. I'm going to wait till it's not fucking packed. That's all. I'm just going to wait until I can wait. Right. I, I'm a grown-up, and I can fucking wait. Well, don't you get Star Wars being in L.A.? Oh, you mean in the, the screeners? Yeah. No, because it's not up for anything, and then some of those movies, they don't send out screeners anyways. Oh, really? Like, because Star Wars is such a fucking huge mu- movie. You know, someone's going to leak that screener and make a million copies and sell right. them. And, right. right. Um, but this dude uh, apparently went to the park and got a blowjob, but the woman asked for more money. This was what he told the cops because of his face. What? He was wearing Klingon makeup because she was no like, and way. I guess she was Russian and she was like, I'm this, um, I needed a, he asked, she asked for 20 extra for the face. 20 <laughs> What? 20 extra for the face. So he said, oh yeah, I got 20 in my car, wait right here. And he went back to the car, he got his sword and he fucking killed her. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> when my apartment manager was telling me, I was like, what the fuck? Apartment the- managers, by the way, have the greatest stories in the history of mankind. The, the, there, was a, there were two lesbians that lived next to us who were heroin addicts, and had, they had the loudest, most annoying chihuahua, and they also sold, you know those Omaha steaks? Oh, my God, yeah. That's, so, a, that's one heck of a job. I think Icky Woods was selling those in Cincinnati. Really? Yeah. I, well, think he, I think he, like, my favorite football player growing up, Icky Woods, was doing the Icky Shuffle yeah. with steaks. Like, <laughs> hey, here you go. Who wants some of this? Who wants some Icky Woods Omaha steaks? I got to knock a lot of story, too, I think. If he Icky Shuffled up to my house with a steak in his hand, I'd buy, buy that. I'd buy that shit. You're buying the whole, you're buying the whole entire freezer in the back yeah, of his truck. as long as he shuffles each one up. I want to see the dance for each steak. Every I buy, dance. I want to see this. I want to see the icky shuffle for every Come steak on. I buy. I mean, that's that. That's overload. Is it? I mean, it's the icky shuffle. It's you not- get one icky shuffle. I mean, he made a commercial. Yuke, it's not like it's a real rigorous dance. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not like I'm asking him to but- to, to reenact Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> I just, Which you I, wait, if, you oh, do, if, if he, he does Thriller, yeah, then I'm buying everything. You're buying the whole car. If he, I, listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. Not too long ago, not too many years ago, I my thing was gonna be like, oh, this Halloween, I'm gonna break out the Thriller dance. I'm gonna learn how to do it. So I was in my house, going step by step, trying to learn the Thriller. You YouTube did, didn't you? Oh yeah, like step by step, I was YouTubing the, <laughs> how to dance the Thriller dance. Let me tell you something. Do you ever, um, you ever think you can dance and then catch yourself in like a mirror and be like, "Oh, mother!" It was- oh man, how about like when you do a dance? Like, so I have a nine-year-old daughter, so yeah. she's like doing the whip and the nay-nay and doing all this crazy stuff, and it's so cute, right? So then I just make fun of it and like I'll do like a huge, powerful whip and nay-nay, and my wife just laughs hysterically. But the one day I was trying, to, I was trying to do a dance and my knee went the wrong way. And I'm and I'm like literally, this is going to be a story for all the ages. Like, never blew out his knee playing baseball, but somehow he blew out his knee doing the whip and the nay nay. How good is that? If you had blown out your knee, and Aaron, are people calling already? Somebody just texted me that they were. Hey, Dan, I know you're listening. Call back. Um, so uh, if you blew out your knee, yeah, doing the whip, listen. I, that would make me, especially if they'd caught it on camera. Oh. oh, how good would that have been? It would have been awesome. You you don't strike me as like, and I'm not either, 
but I'm just judging judging by your body type. Oh, I can dance. No, you cannot. Oh, yeah. You're no Nick Gregorian. I can dance. No, you cannot. Text Nick. All right, what kind? Like, what's your wheelhouse as far as dancing? It's do you stay in here? Oh no, you get out there. Oh yeah, I throw it out there. You know, I listen. I, don't I mean, like... I'm happily married now. I got three kids. Yeah. I don't. I don't throw my dancing moves out there like I used to. But yeah, oh yeah, I can dance. Now I don't know if you know this, but when I was growing up, I was a break dancer. Wait, what? I was a break dancer. Did you bring your cardboard box with you? Well, let's just say. Or did you? I was a pop and locker. You know the difference. Oh my god! With pop and lock. Yeah. Yeah. There's a song. Yeah. Yeah. Listen and listen. I don't want to fly like a dove. I come from up above. I'm rocking on the mic, and now you call me J Love because what happened would Western we... Mass at its yeah. finest. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, hey, hey, Dan, is this you? Dan. Yeah. What's up, man? What's happening, dude? How are you? You are. This is my buddy Dan Smith. Dan Smith. Dan what's up? lives in Worcester. Are you still in Worcester? Yes, I am. Worcester, Mass. Dan eh? is a comic. I met him out here. Good, good dude. What's happening, man? It's me and you. Not much, man. Hey, first of all, uh, Kevin Euclid, thank you so much for all the awesome years in Boston. Uh, when uh, when I moved my family back east, uh, I brought my newborn. To the uh, Sunway Park to see you play, and you were the first jersey he ever got. So I just wanted to let you know that. Oh wow, that? that's so cool. That is cool. That is an awesome yeah, story. And uh, also, so another Jew here. So yeah. the three of us, we got like, the Hebrew hat trick going on. Ooh. It's the whole, it's the trifecta, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, so I have an honest question though uh, for you about being Jewish. I know. Correct me if I'm wrong. When you played that year in Japan, you did have your family with you. Yes, my wife uh, and my nine-year-old, well, my nine-year-old now, but my daughter, Jordy, and my son, Zachy, and then we, we found out before that my wife was pregnant, and oh, which right. is a whole other story, Dan, right. about uh, Japanese hospitals and having to go to the OBGYN <laughs> down in Japan, which yeah. is another whole, we can go on about a whole right. other podcast about that, but yes, we, we, we were all there. So, so what was it like uh, celebrating Jewish holidays in Japan? Oh, ooh, that's a great question. That's man. a great so so yeah. Well, uh, were there not a bunch of Jews there, right? There, no, there wasn't many. Um, did, I think yeah, there was. It doesn't strike me as there there being a lot over there. Did you bring a menorah with you? No, I was only there for. Oh God, it's so bad. I was there for Passover, right? Cause yeah, I was there February, March, April, and May. So I was really only there for Passover. So I really didn't have any holidays other than Passover and. I got. I can't lie. I'm a bad Jew. <laughs> I didn't celebrate Passover in Japan. We we it passed over Japan. It passed over. It, it passed, passed over. Japan. Passes over Japan. Dan, some, right, yeah. right. Dan, let me ask you a question. Because I I used the words to Kevin last night at dinner. Red Sox legend, and he said, No, 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 not legend. No. And I said he's judging it by the numbers that are up at Fenway. I judge it by something completely differently. Like if you, and I told him, like, look. Rice's number is up in Fenway. But if you yep. went to the people in Boston and been like, hey, you know, who's more of a Red Sox? Who do you who do you identify with? Like, I feel like Uke is like because he's so blue collary, like that yeah. is that town. Do you agree with that? I, I agree 100 percent. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying it out of convenience. I, I've been preaching that for a really long time. It's it's the toughness. It's the wanting and desire to win no matter where you are in the standings 
And I, you know, I, I can really only think of such a small handful of players that exuded that year in and year out yeah. as a Red Sox. And you're at the top of the list. I mean, wow. when I think, I, thank you. when I think Red Sox toughness, that's Kevin Euclid's who comes to the top. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's what the difference is. Like, see, but this is like this is the whole argument where it's like Newton and Brookline. I'm the I'm the king. Yeah, you know, like there's two towns where like there's, but the funny part is I got Newton Brookline on lockdown, right? Yeah. As as my, but then you go down, you go Southie, you go some hard. I still, you think, know, you man, go to Charleston, you go to Quincy, you go to. I'm still that like those are my those are my bread and butter areas. Blue collar, right? Yeah, yeah. And and, and here's what That's I right. here's what I would say. Like for me, I and as a Boston fan, I can look at people and go, "Oh, he'd be a good Red Sox." Now, and some guys who are amazing baseball players, and I'd be like, "That he's not going to work. He wouldn't work in Boston." Do you do you find that oh, to be true? Oh, hundred percent. Do you think that's true in every city, or is that unique to like New York, Chicago, oh, like Boston, like Philly? Philly? Oh man, like, ooh, Philly's so rough, man. I, I couldn't. So it imagine. takes a specific person to be able to play there. It takes a specific person. I, I think there's two types of people. I think that you have to be really, really. We talking about uh, Boston I mean, now? Boston, well, if Boston, Philly, New York, you have to, the Northeast is tough. Right. Because sports are everything. And Boston and Philly, I think, especially, New York can get lost in the shuffle. People don't care as much. Mm -hmm. I play, you know, when I played in New York and stuff like that, like, it was was weird. Like, the media wasn't as bad. Really? Oh, God, no. Boston media and fan, like, it was way, see, the thing is, in New York, there's so much things to do. Right. There's so many things. Like, you walk down the street, there's this model or this actor or this, there's so much stuff going on. Right. In Boston, not to say that Boston, there's not much going on, but- when you are in Boston for ten years and you get a set, and you're not from Boston, mm-hmm. you ask anyone that I think that's played there, it's sports. Boston sports are everything. Yeah. I always said if if Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt's walking down the street and David Ortiz is walking down the street, people are going on the other side to see David Ortiz. hundred percent. They're not going to see Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. You know what? And as somebody who travels around a lot, what strikes me in when you say Philly and Boston, and I will throw Chicago in there. Chicago is easy. But, but Easiest I, place to play. I just mean as far as the percentage of people wearing some sort of sports right. gear. Those three cities, whether it's a Cubs hat, Blackhawks, or, or if, you know Flyers, in those three cities, the percentage of people who are wearing some sort of sports paraphernalia is through the roof. Like people right. in those cities. But why is Chicago easier than Philly or Boston, do you think? Well, when I got traded to the White Sox, it was like the craziest thing ever. So, like, after the games, like, just getting interviewed and all that, I was like, you go two for four or something like that. You didn't have a, you, you, had, you had two singles, no damage, no right. no RBIs, no home runs, all that stuff. But what happened, so they, like, and, like, you'd be sitting at your, you know, I'd turn on my thing like this and yeah. just, work, you know, they're going to come ask me questions because they ask every single night, day in and day out, they're coming to your locker in Boston. Every single no matter player, what, no matter what, they're coming to your locker, right? Yeah. So I go from that, and especially 2012, I was <laughs> they were at my locker every day, asking me questions. Yeah. But I go from that, and then all of a sudden I go to Chicago, and two for four, no, they didn't care. They didn't come to the locker. No, they didn't care. <laughs> they didn't give a crap. It was great. <laughs> I turned around, and, and part one part of me is the ego guy on my side is like, whoa, whoa, I had a pretty good game here. Yeah. But the other guy's like, thank God, I just. I go can take a walk shower. Out of here. I can go take a shower and go home to my family. This is great. And it was so different. Hey Josh, can I get in one more question? Yeah, man, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it's not actually not really a question. I, I'll say this, though. Uh, Kevin, you were mentioning kind of your wheelhouse in the Boston area, like the pockets of Boston. 
where you could, you know, walk around and be king. I'll tell you this much, man. I don't know why you would ever come out west of Worcester, but uh, if I would say if you ask the average Worcesterite, which, by the way, is second biggest city in New England. Wait, what was that? Worcester- top, you know, Worcesterite. Worcesterite. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Worcesterite. That's right. Yeah. Is that what you call uh, it? The top what you- three Red Sox of the modern era, uh, there is no doubt that your name will come up. I, I can't oh, even come count on. That's, how many that's... T-shirts I True. see with your name on it. Uh, in the in the Worcester area. So listen, <laughs> if you're ever in need of some low grade heroin, just come out this way and see how many T-shirts have your name on. Wow, Dan. I mean, I, I, I can't thank offer. you enough for that. But <laughs> Dan, I'm gonna have to call listen, my mom thank first you, and thank ask you her for, for all the great memories, Kevin. And uh, I, I appreciate you entertaining my call, Josh. Thanks for letting me call in, and uh, I'll listen to the rest of the show off here. I appreciate it, guys. Our right, buddy, Dan. Dan, thanks. thank you so much, bud. Appreciate it. Here's what I don't think you understand, because I've told you this That's before. So funny. That that person who lives in Massachusetts, that uh-huh. blue collar person, identifies with you more than you know. Right. It, I, okay. Here's my question for you. Growing up, who was the person you looked up to? Did you have someone like a? Yeah, I mean, it's not really a good guy to. I'm just curious. Throw it who, out there. Who was it? Pete Rose. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. So and how did you feel about him? You were like, I want to, I want to be Charlie you. Hustle. Okay, because our dads, our dads grew like so. My dad was, you know, big red machine, big red machine, big. You grew up in Cincinnati, seven. so I grew up in Cincinnati. Huge Reds fan, mm-hmm. and it was always Pete Rose, you know, because he played the game so hard and he was the best hitter in all, yep. all of baseball. So it was always Pete Rose. You always want to be Pete Rose, and then everything went down the drain, and then you're like, oh, but luckily. The Reds had the 1990 team that swept the A's yeah. and all that. So like for us kids, it was like. The best time ever because our dads would throw 75, 76, big red machine, big red machine. Right. Finally, we're like, yes, we got something. Jose Rio, the Nasty Boys, Barry Larkin. It was, great team. it was awesome. So for us, it was finally like our bread and butter. Yes. You know, how does it how did it feel then? Has it ever dawned on you that you are somebody's Pete Rose? Uh, No, never. You are, though. Like, so. I've seen well. I've I've seen a reaction, but that is many that a, a weird times. thing to 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 be able to. And do you feel a res- I guess responsibility might not yeah. be the right word, but maybe it is. Do you feel a responsibility to kind of because how would you have wanted? Do you ever think like if I had met Pete Rose, this is how I would have wanted him to be with me? Like, does that kind of stuff ever get into your head when people are like, "Oh, that's fucking Kevin Euclid"? Um. That's actually a really good question. I, I think I feel responsibility to help out in the community, and mm-hmm. I feel responsibility to help out with kids. I don't feel I have a responsibility, which some people think professional athletes have a responsibility to them. Uh, and you see it a lot, and it's usually drinking yeah. and something, and, hey, I got season tickets, and, you know, yada, and they, like, they're really drunk, and they want something from you, and it's tough. You know, you're like, hey, like, Okay, and and usually you're sober when you get like frustrated. Like yes. if, if if like you're out of the bar having a good time. Yeah. If the guy's okay and he's not going over and over mm-hmm. and over, if he just comes up and says something nice, you're cool. But I don't think I ever felt like I, there was confrontations a lot of times where people thought that I, I, I deserve like I needed to hang out with them right at the bar and talk to them all night, and my buddies would jump in and do whatever. But it was tough. You know, it's very hard. I mean, to separate 
off the field from on the field is very tough, especially in Boston because it's a small city. It's smaller than a lot of people. It's but, an oxymoron of a city. I would yeah, say it's it's a area small big wise. Town. It's a right. small. You can walk Boston, and you can see and you see a lot of the same people yep. over and over. But what I said was in Boston was it was it was such a fun town when everything was going good. Yeah. It was like, everyone's great. But when, like, there was a little dip, like, in there, or the radio, the radio guys were the worst in Boston. They would stir stuff up, and then you're like, oh, God, here it comes. And the and when you would hear it the most is when you weren't at the field. You'd go out, or you'd go to dinner or something, and if you're going to drink somewhere, you got to so be careful. people are just regurgitating what they heard on the radio to you. Yeah, what's wrong with so-and-so? Why right. is he not hitting? You're like, I'm just... Here to have a drink. I don't. Yeah. I'm trying to get away from all the baseball stuff. So it, that that part was tough. But for me, the responsibility, like I never, I always felt my responsibility was more towards what my charity did, right? And like to my family and friends and everyone around there. But I never felt like pressured to be, you know, something that I wasn't. Well, before, yeah, but it, 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 we're gonna get to like before you may hit the bigs, right? right. Did you think to yourself, well, if I get up there, this is how I'm going to be? And then when you got up there, was it different where you were like, well, I can't fucking be like that. Holy shit. That's. Do you know what I mean? Like, It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the hardest thing. In... See, there, there's a difference. Like football, basketball, you go straight to the pros. Right. You go straight in. The minor leagues, you're, you're kind of. You're going how much did you make town. a month? How much did you make a month? Minor <laughs> leagues? Yeah. Uh, you want me to tell people this? Yeah. How much did you make a month? So <laughs> my, first, my first year in Lowell. I made $875 a month, and $300 was taken out to go to the UMass Lowell dorms. Yeah. So you made a cool five seventy-five a month. Yes. What do you do with that kind of cash? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well you, <laughs> you don't do much with no, it. No, yeah. you don't, right? <laughs> but I did get a $12,000 signing bonus. Yes. So that's $12,000. Let's not forget about that $12,000 signing bonus. That was a huge deal. Did you, did you, were, was there something you thought, I'll never do this? And then when you were like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to end up start to do this. Like, do you like, know what I mean? Once, from the minor leagues? The, yeah. You know, you dream. Like, my whole dream was I just wanted to play at the top level. I never, like, I mean, yeah, you think, like, oh, I can get a house. And, you know, it was always a, it was always like a step away. Right. Like it was always like a step like in this direction. I can't do this. You know, my Jewish, you know, my Jewish roots are telling me this. My dad's like, "Hey, yeah. be careful with your money. Don't do this." Be and, careful with your yeah. 575 a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> make, make sure you're not going make sure you're not going out and partying. I was like, "Can I get a Bud Light? I really want a craft beer, but I'm not do a Bud Light tonight." And can you actually get me a glass of water? I'm going to split it. <laughs> <laughs> extra ice cubes, yeah, yeah. extra extra ice cubes. But it was honestly, it, you know, for me, like my whole vision, I just wanted to play at that level. Like my dad, my dad's been quoted at this, and it's a big deal. Like people put it out there. He's like, literally, Kevin would have played for a six pack of beer, and it was so true. Like it was so true. And the sad part was, it got lost along the way, and that's where. At when do you back, think it got lost? Because that is what when arbitration. He, when you go to arbitration in baseball. What year is that for you? It's your third year. It's when you start seeing the business side of things. And it's and you see it a little bit in the early on, but the hard part in baseball, and for me, this is me. This is not all baseball players. I don't want to speak on any other baseball players. But for me personally, I saw it slowly become a business, and it was so hard. Like looking back, I, I think that's my – I have two regrets. Mm -hmm. Not regrets, regrets. I if I could have done anything differently when I played, I would have said, number one, 
I wish I would have kept the mindset of not thinking about business, not thinking about contracts, not thinking about anything like that. But it, it didn't affect my play. No. I'd go out and play as hard as I could every single day. But I regret that it came down to being a business. I hated that part because it was such a love in the beginning. Yeah. It was such a love, like, and it was so innocent and just pure, like, being a dick, like, on the field, just trying to, like, because I never got anything handed to me. You know, I, I was a college senior, never got drafted my junior year. I'll never forget this. You didn't get drafted? No. Michael Vick got drafted in the 30th round my junior year of college. Yeah. I didn't get drafted. What were your stats like in college? Pretty good. Well, let's hear them. <laughs> what were they? I know. Listen. So my sophomore year, I hit 400. And That's pretty good. I le- well, this is another story. Uh, I led all Conference USA, and Conference USA was really good back yep. then because I had Houston, Tulane, at Southern schools, uh, so it was great. I mean, that was the greatest part about playing at UC. We went down south to play baseball, and it wasn't freezing. Right. Um, I led all Conference USA. Go to the, and this is one of the. So, so we'll, we'll we'll kind of nitpick and not be here for three hours. But well, just so you know, I mean, you've listened to this. I yeah. jump around and yeah, get back yeah. to things, so we're all good. Yeah. I do have one before you go. I have what, but one, on this, I have one question for you. Like your style of play, right? Do you came along at this at the right time, right before you know the, the like the when walks started, people go, oh, he's on base a lot. That's important. Well, I mean, it was. Did you come before? Well, no. <laughs> this is I'm gonna kill you for this. What? No, this is like the number one question people ask. This is like the crap. <laughs> no, no. What I'm asking. No, is I the... know what you're asking, you, but this you... is the funny part. Is like people always the money ball came right. So like I hit three hundred. Like, I know you did. Yeah, like, but that's but, but people you were, always you were always the walk. That's what the walk guy, right? So but I'm just talking about on base percentage. <laughs> right, right, right. On base percentage. I never even heard that statistic. No, it, it came, it came before I got to the major leagues because Billy Bean in Oakland right. had like Scott Hatterberg and that whole Moneyball thing. I was a minor league guy, and I well the whole Moneyball book was being written while I was in college and getting drafted, so I was getting drafted. So that's when that book was written. So it was already coming about. But, you know, the whole joke was, man, my teammates, I mean, 2014, these guys, they would kill me. They're like, you are the first guy in the history of the game to walk him, but walk to the big leagues. That was my question. But my question is, do you feel like because of that, the fact that you hit 300 was almost overshadowed oh, by it, the fact that you had a good eye. I mean, do you, you know what I mean? Like, does that bo- did that bother you? Like, do you know the one I, you, you honestly, the one, and I still got it in the playoffs in Chicago as a guy that's a special whatever to yeah. the Cubs. I would have people, I'd be on deck in the minor leagues, in the major leagues, and they go, come on, you get a walk. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I'm Wait, like, I get no respect. That's I was like, like, I want to go deep. I want to hit a bomb. That's what that's what I didn't understand. Like, that's what I want to know. Like, so oh, you so beat frustrating. You were at the at the beginning of that, but then when right. people started, and all, when you were coming up, all I heard was walk, walk, walks. And then I started to look at your stats. I'm like, but he hits the ball. Like, why are we Oh yeah. Did that did that it was so stick big. in your craw at all? It was just funny. I mean, I I I would just like I mean, part of my you know, you hear it on the back of your neck, your yeah, hair stand yeah, up. yeah. A lot of my hair is on the back of my neck stood up, but you That's know, it's, the only it's, place you have hair now. Oh, yeah. No, gravity. <laughs> Oof. Laser hair, though. Oh, laser yeah? hair. I, I've been doing laser hair. How's oh, my going? God. Unbelievable. Did I tell you that? It's the greatest thing ever. I met but, a guy whose hair, this is, and he's in my meet and greet. He goes, hey, man. I go, yeah. He goes, I didn't want to shave this until you saw it. And I go, 
it, by the way, if any man <laughs> starts a sentence like that with you, that's a bad sign. I didn't want to save shave this until you saw it. I was oh like, oh, God. no. And he goes, look. And I, and I was like, what? He goes, look at my neck. And his the hair in the front of his neck connected to the hair in the back of his neck. Oh, yes. So he had no skin showing all around. That's so he was awesome. like, pretty great, right? And I was like, uh, you have a girlfriend? He was like, no. I was like, right. So <laughs> He's basically got a mock yeah. turtleneck <laughs> hair. <laughs> If you had a girlfriend, she would have told you that's not great. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you, I'd shave. I'd at least give yourself a little bit. Who shaving. does that? Somebody who can. God, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, give me Cincinnati. Give me Cincinnati. We're going so, back to Cincinnati. Well, tell me, tell me because where, where you, are we going here? You how your statistics in Cincinnati? Oh no. So basically, so t- to basically, for people to understand, I mean the way the way I went about baseball, the way I played. And I played with a chip on my shoulder till the last day I played. I mean, it was always a chip. Always, people didn't think I was good enough. I was always told I was, you know, the chubby kid or the fat kid or you can't do this. Always told you can't do this. Not drafted. And it just stuck on me. And it was just like that demon, you know. It's like a chip. Like, well, I got to prove myself. And in in a lot of ways, it hurt, like, off the field, on the field. Like, because you're always feeling like you have to prove yourself. And I didn't need to prove myself anymore once you get to the major leagues. But what happened was at Cincinnati, my sophomore year, we go to the conference tournament awards and all this. And I'll never forget this. My coach is like, hey, man, I think you might – there's a chance you might win MVP here. You know, like, I, I forget my stats. It was like 415 homers or something. I don't forget what it was. Anyways. I'll never forget it. And they're going, they go third team. You know, they go third team. Mm-hmm. So they announce the third team, all conference USA. Then they go to second team. And I'm just sitting down, like, oh, second team, you know, I'll probably, you know, get first team, you know, led the, led the conference in hitting. And all of a sudden they say, third base, Kevin Euclid. Now, I, I almost couldn't get out of my chair. For second team? For second team, all conference. Do you remember who was first team? Yeah. I know you do. Yeah. Who was it? Jake Gotro. And, and did he play professional baseball? Yeah, he did. He played. He played. Uh, I don't know if he ever made it to the major leagues. Look at Aaron. But he Aaron played for the San Diego Padres. Did he? Yeah, because I'm from San Diego. That's how I know his name. Yeah. So good guy. Great yeah. guy. Love the guy. He's a great guy. But I'll never forget that. And it was always from that day on. It was like. And you I, didn't get drafted. You got drafted after your senior year. I got drafted my senior year, and uh, got drafted in the eighth round by Dan Duquette. Yep. Everyone thinks I got drafted by Theo. I got drafted by Dan Duquette. So and okay so that does that second team and and what is it about was it body type that people were going he uh, doesn't look like is that was it that what it was yeah i mean but it's crazy though cuz even though the massage therapist today that you guys told me the place to go to <laughs> yeah this is a good did she tell you she had a great this body this is a good one okay she <laughs> By the way, anyone listening, I did not send them to Chunky Nana. No, no. This is this is definitely this a legit the real place. Deal. I'm a happily. Yeah. No, Chunky man. Nana doesn't give hand jobs. Oh. She stops in the middle of massages because she's old and heavy, and she stops in the middle and she goes, I have to rest for a second. <laughs> but whenever I go in there, I go in there because uh, she's the only she's like you my only customer ever and i feel bad <laughs> so i keep going back but it's the worst massage she's on top of you and, and, and you, you feel bad you, you can't i keep going it's back. the worst she's on top of you and all you can hear is <sighs> just heavy and then she sits down i have to arrest her <laughs> and she's chunky nana but she's like i oh. hope i see you soon i'm like okay by the way i was gonna text you guys How and when it? i was saying we I, we were we Me were Bert Kreischer, we were yeah. Bert last night having yeah. dinner so Dude, first of all, I call and I and Bert has all those names of yeah. people. I'm like, oh, do you got so and so, so and so? They're like, uh, no, not available. I'm like, all right. They're like, you got Joy, 
And the uh, first thing that kept in my mind was like, are, are these guys fucking with me? <laughs> is this Joe Coy like coming to like give me a massage? <laughs> I wish. I was like, is Joe Coy coming to give me a size? Like, Joy, I was like, I was going to text you too. But I, was like, I was like, I can't text him because if it is, I want to go along with this and I want to see the surprise. Yeah. So go to the, go to the massage. And she, and she, she's talking and says, uh, what part? And I'm like, the whole, like my back, everything, just get everything. Like my back's tight as hell. I drove down here from uh, the Bay Area. And next thing she says, she goes, Oh man, she goes. Oh, you strong. He, she goes. You strong. She goes. Oh, I kill you. You kill me. <laughs> and the so I'm sitting there, and she and it's. <laughs> She goes, oh, I, I, you, I kill you. You are killing me. And there was, and she said the L's. No, and, uh, yeah, like because uh, you know me, I love, I love yeah. that part. And she goes, "Oh, you killing me? I kill you!" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going, I'm, I'm like trying not to laugh. And she was great. I mean, she just, she beat me up with elbows and oh, she got you. Should have gone. I told you that place will give you a forehand massage where two women, so one woman oh. will work on your upper body and one will work on your lower body at the same time. I would have no like, chance. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking amazing. Do- joy, you got to have joy. She's awesome. She was great. I, I mean, when we sent you, <laughs> when we sent you to a place called Heaven Massage, did you? Were you like oh, these? It's like, for sure, they're gonna. They're sending me to a rub and tug joint. Well, and- there was a website, so then I knew it was okay. You don't think the rub and tug places have websites? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that- an Wait, I'm an amateur. I'm an amateur. That's how you're judging if it's legitimate. Well, it's got a website. Must be real. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm telling you though. <laughs> I could open. I could start a website tonight. Right, right. I know. I know. Hey, I'm, I'm my innocence of I, like you I know not knowing. So, I've never. I've never been to anyone. I I've love never, that you're I've so never, trusting, dude. Oh yeah, I was so trusting. I was like, oh yeah, they're not gonna tell me. They're not gonna send me to some place like that. And then I get there, and then I I walk around the block. I was a little early, and because I don't know my way around here, so I'm like, uh, I better not be late yeah. or whatever. And then I look up, and I'm like, see the place in front. I'm like, oh man, this is. It's not shady. But it's not like what heaven. It's not like a spa, spa like no, type place. It's but, not Burke Williams. But I'm gonna tell you right now, it's cheap. It's sixty eight dollars for ninety minutes and amazing. And I gave a, a, a tip, you know, tip yeah. twenty dollars, you know, and I was like, this it's is an amazing. amazing. It's it's the best kept. This secret. This is advertising right here. For it's them. the best kept They're secret awesome. in the valley. Heaven the massage, sixty eight dollars, ninety minutes, and they fuck you up. Oh, she got me good. Yeah, I like it a lot. She I, killing me. Uh, I kill her. I kill you. Uh so you okay. <laughs> you Do you know by the way, <laughs> you strong. You strong. You have strong you back. St- she goes she goes you work out every day. And I, I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and not not even the majority of the days. I was like, no. <laughs> just still tight from baseball. Yeah. I'm still really really tight from are all you, these years. Are you? What, 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 with the 162 162 games, right? Right. How, are you what what day do you get sore? I'm assuming you stay sore for how long? Uh day 1 spring training? You're sore? Oh god, day 1 of spring training is the worst. Like you train, like I used to train, get I was in the best shape. I mean, I had a six pack under a layer of fat, but it was a uh, it was a good six pack. I love to see that. Yeah. I haven't quite seen that six pack. Oh no, there's four pack over there. <laughs> yeah. but. but he brought me some Hanukkah beer. Yeah. Which was Pass the beer, buddy. Very very nice of him. Here you go. Yeah. Hanukkah beer. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. 
But uh, no, uh, no, I was in the best shape of my life. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, there's nothing you can train for of spring training. The first day you get there, and I would always go early and train and, and do all the stuff I needed to do. And the next thing you know, I was my feet, your, the cleats. You can't train for standing around for three hours running field right, to field. Right, And it was the worst. I mean, it was absolutely awful. And I always said, you're 100% healthy until day one of spring training, and then you're never 100% healthy again. Is that true? I've heard that before. 100% true. 100% true. Like, always nagging. Oh, man. And people are like, oh, you play baseball, man. It's not that bad. You sit down, and yeah. I'm like, man. I heard Deion Sanders talk about the difference between a football season and a baseball season. And he was like, there's no doubt that the football games and the recovery is brutal. He said, oh, you're yeah. super sore. He, and he, but he said, he was like, the grind of the 162-game season is something that you can't understand unless you do it. It's different because, in, you know, for me, like talking to football guys, talking to basketball guys, and, and basketball is probably a little similar, but, uh, and hockey guys too, uh, the biggest thing about baseball is you're flying different time zones too. Yeah. And you get in at 3 a.m., your clock's all messed up, you're eating at different hours, your body's just telling you like, oh, this is not healthy. Baseball's not a healthy – it's not a healthy sport. The lifestyle is very, very unhealthy. Just what you do and how you travel and all that. Yeah. And there's no need to complain. We make a ton of money. Pretty good job. It's a, it's a, it's the best job in the world. I'm not complaining about that. No. It's just a very, it, it doesn't get talked about in the same regard as football because it's not as violent. Well, because the single the singular games, it's more. It's just the it's the grind, isn't it? Right. A seven seven month seven month season. Yeah. No. Well, the worst part is spring training. You yeah, know, spring training has turned into just an absolute joke. I mean, there's so many more games than it used to be. You used to go like in the old days, guys would be working in the off seasons, right? And then they would get in shape in spring training. Now you have to show up day one in the best shape of your life. So that's hard. I mean, you're you're starting in December, yeah, but you end in October. Hopefully, you end at the end of October, and it, it's a very short rest period. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to open the phones and then I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer it. Anytime I ask you a question, if you don't want to answer it, it'd be like, I can't fucking answer that. Uh, but 323-282-7424, 323-282-7424. Can you think of a guy who came up, <clears throat> I'll ask two questions. You may be able to answer one or not the other. Can you think of a guy who came up and you were like, oh, this dude is going to be the best, maybe not, it doesn't have to be in the Red right. Sox, the fucking best player of all time. And, some, and it just went away. And conversely, can you... Think of a guy who came up and you're like, this dude's going to be, this is going to be a short fucking drink of water up here. And then 10 years later, you're like, he's like a great baseball player. That's a good, that's a really good question. Um, man. Because you, I'm assuming you can't tell right away. Can you, because sometimes you can see, you can can see guys. What is it you can, what is it you see? The way a ball jumps off a bat? Yeah. The sound of a ball off a bat. I remember playing with Ryan Braun. The sound, it makes a different sound off a of certain bat. Oh, bats? yeah. You can hear it. You go in BP and you hear the sound of it. It's like. Was that, that's not the bat they're using. It's the speed at the which they're. Yeah, it just, it's just, a, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, in words, I couldn't tell you what it is. Right. You know, it's something that if you talk to baseball guys and yeah. coaches and people that have been around the game, even a general manager that never played, you know, or played it literally, but he's been in the game long, he can hear it. Really? Like Ryan Braun, when I played with him in the WBC. And uh, this is before he got all the stuff Busted. that happened to him. And great guy to me, and yep. I'm not talking bad about him. But he had his sound and the his sound of the ball coming off the bat and the way the ball came off the bat was amazing to me. Really? Yeah. So like, I never got to play against him because he was in the National League. 
But when I saw it in WC, I was like, holy cow. Like the whip, he, it's like a whip. The way the ball came off, I was like, that's impressive. But, you know, the the, the one, I mean, is Ruben Rivera, right? The right. Guy, I mean, he was the five-tool. I played against him in the minor leagues. and Ruben In the amazed. minor leagues, he was amazing. I mean, the guy was big. He's fast. He had everything, and he just didn't pan out. I mean, he stole Jeter's glove. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on there. Is that more, do you find, is that more work ethic is that what it is? Because look, would you say you got more? You got the most out of you you could have gotten. Oh, hundred percent. There, there is. <laughs> I, I will put my name in yeah. a hat of probably. Who else can you? Do you feel like you feel like Pedroia gets the most out of his? Oh he, yeah, he, I feel like that way too. Yeah, no, he get he he's he's the same kind of guy. You know, he's he, you know Dustin Dustin's the same kind of guy. He plays as hard as he can and. You know, it's kind of starting to show a little bit, like kind of did with me, where yep. you're starting to get an injury and stuff like that. But you can't change. You can't change the way you play. But somebody asked me that. I, I, John Tomazzi asked me that one time. And I'll never forget in Baltimore. And I looked at him like, you can't, like, if you're asking me this question, you don't know. you. And maybe that's just somebody, your editor right, or something. Right, say, right. Ask him this question. Can he turn off the switch? I can't turn off that switch because I don't know any different. Would have would it have prolonged your career if you could have turned it off every now and then? Do you know like you hear like my dad? Uh, my dad says yes because if you see like defense alignment sometimes right. you can see oh he took that playoff like he's right. tired you could tell. I never saw you take a a, de- a a play a swing. Do you feel like that would have prolonged your career if you would have? No, because my insecurities would have taken over. Would taken over my mind. My insecurities of and. Everyone has insecurities, and my insecurities were somebody's watching. Somebody can see it. Where do you think that came from? Well, I, I just you know. I, I was, mean, like I, I, I mean, was so I was so insecure that somebody if if somebody saw me taking a playoff, oh. somebody would see that. So and, my insecurities, I guess that's, that's sort yeah, of insecurities, yeah, right? yeah. My insecurities of not wanting to let people down, like. If my dad saw me take a playoff, my dad would be really upset with me. My dad would never say anything to me. But he would see it. My mom would see it. Probably, I I couldn't live with myself not playing hard. I uh, listen. You and 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 by happy accident, you know, if you listen to this, uh, the podcast, a lot of the talk is about hustle and not giving up and and risking things and trying. But like that, your whole career, it sounds like, was built on a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, like of I'm gonna fucking show all of these people that they were wrong. Oh, and, yeah. And you sh- and you fucking put it in fifth gear every day because of that. Oh, well, and I also, like I said, I had a mentor that I grew up with, uh, Pete Rose. Right. Pete Rose never, I mean, the All-Star game. I mean, you say what you want about Pete Rose. I don't care. And the Hall of Fame, all this. I, I think it's all a, a, it's a crock. Right. There's guys in the Hall of Fame now that are adulterers. To, they, they did amphetamines. They did yeah. cocaine. They did now, all the, kinds the of stuff. Now, the amphetamines, you mentioned that earlier, like, that was part of just the culture. Bud Selig came out and said it's been around for 80 years. And we always would joke around. We're like, hey, man, it's national pastime. You can't change the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But the amphetamines was a big deal, and it was actually- Were they it just in the du- in dugouts, and it was just no, no big no, deal? No, 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 no. They weren't in dugouts. No, I mean, they're but- lockers and stuff like that, but so- guys would take them before a game. You don't need it. I mean, if you took more than- There were some guys that took way too many. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> let's be honest. Right. You know, but it was a part of the game for a long time. And the, I, see, my biggest belief is, and I think amphetamines actually save guys from being injured. Because what amphetamines do is speed mm. up the blood, right. you pump the blood, 
you have higher, you know, so you you have all this energy and you have blood, like your blood shooting through your body. And what does blood do? It heals, it heals the problems, yeah. right? Now it's a band aid after the season. You might like have your arm like falling off or your leg, right? But guys could play every night because of them, and that was whether you. I'm not. I'm not condoning them. I, whatever. Where, where do you fall? Like, do you fall on? Where do you fall on that? Like if baseball said amphetamines were okay, would you have been like, well, then I'll fucking take those. Well, I, I think you know it just depends. It's same with. Same I, I with, think you. I think for me. The amphetamines was when they when they stopped amphetamines, it was way bigger than not way bigger. It was equal to steroids. But, but would you say more more players were taking amphetamines than steroids? Yeah, I would say so. I would, but I don't. I like. I was shocked at how many guys. Like I never. T- I can sit here. I can. I can tell you. I can on my kids' lives. And people and people say, "Oh, how do you hit twenty nine home runs after hitting whatever?" Yeah, I've never taken a steroid other than a cortisone shot from a doctor. Yeah, which is a steroid. Y- yes, I've never taken a legal steroid in my life. Let me ask you something because I do believe, like especially football, HGH should be okay to to recover. If you if if baseball and all sports were like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be okay with HGH. Do you, are you would you be okay with that? If as long as personally, even, personally yes. for me, with a whole, I understand both sides. I understand players that get mad that they did it all clean, yeah, and they hate when guys are doing it. But I never cared. I was like, how come you didn't care? Some guys I've heard talking like those. They're fucking, so mad. They're mad. They're mad. They're so mad. Like for me, I, dude, I, I, I was third in the MVP voting one time without steroids. Yeah. Like, who cares? Like. They got to live with themselves the rest of their life. I have friends. I have good friends today that did steroids. Like, I don't care. I don't yeah. judge them for that. I have to tell you, man. Look, if I was a middle-of-the-road dude and I was like, oh, I could just go for one payday, I understand that. I understand going – I understand it. And I'm not saying Brady Anderson took steroids, but he went from <laughs> 18 home runs to 50. That's a pretty good jump. Yeah. I'm not, I'm that's not, a good one. That's a good jump. So let's just say suppose – He was I'm, locked in. So yeah. <laughs> Suppose that I'm Brady Anderson, but I'm looking at these paydays and I'm like, "Fuck, I just need one payday." But don't you, don't you think that's? I mean, for me, it's the car. I mean, not karma, and everyone says karma. But who for else? me, I was scared. Like, I would never take steroids because I'm like, all right, shrunken balls. Yeah, wow, Alzado. Like, all I could think of was like, I could die. Yeah, but we're Jewish. Our balls could shrink a little bit. Let's be honest. Yeah, mate. The left ones. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's not, te- it's not terrible <laughs> for the Jews, our balls. But my, my, like, my thing is, like, I get what you're saying, but, like, I always go to, when I think of crimes. Right. I always go, is it a victimless crime? Right? Is it a victimless, is it, does it harm anybody else? Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like how society is, though. Everyone's got their, especially in election year, more than right. ever. Like, oh, my God. People are so... What I've realized as I've gotten older and been a father, a father of three, yeah, people are so focused on things that don't matter in their daily lives, and it's to the point now where I like I got on Twitter a couple months ago, I know, and I'm like, holy cow, people literally need to like go live their lives and stop worrying about everyone else. Dude, I include sports in that. People yeah. take sports. Do you feel like sometimes you like if? Social media had been around when you were playing in Boston, right? That you would have just gone on Twitter at one time and been Hell like, "Guys, no. guys, you, you." I, I feel like I feel like some fans almost care, not care, but they're 
the level of which, like, they almost need a player to go, you care too much. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but if, if a player says that to a fan, they're like, what do you mean? I pay all this money to come see you play. It's a big deal. Yeah, but you shouldn't be fighting with somebody else. You should not ever get in a fist fight as a fucking grown-up oh. over a sporting event. And you should never paint your face if you have kids <laughs> at a sporting event. If your kids point to paint them with you, I've never done it. And I don't wear. I watched the Ohio State game the other day. I've seen like. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get some Ohio. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get some people that are mad at me. <laughs> but I've seen 15 year. Like, listen, I'm an Ohio guy. Yeah. Like, I'm a Bearcat. Like, but this is my rule. And like I said, you could disagree with me. Yeah. I, it is what it is. But if you're painting your face, mm-hmm. if you're acting like you're a costume at a football game, yeah. At a baseball game, you might want to check yourself. I'm with that. You know what my rule is. If enjoy you, it. If have you, a hot dog. Have yeah. a beer. Just chill. Enjoy the game. Enjoy it. Yeah. Get excited. Yes. Like, get yeah. excited. Like, don't get me wrong. Super Bowl, like, I go to the Super Bowl, like, the, you know, the past oh, year. Oh, we went last year? I'm, I'm, from opening kickoff, I'm sweating profusely. Amazing. Like, I'm sweating every day. You're sweating day. in here. But. Right. Yeah, yeah. Lights, all camera, action, sweat. But, no, honestly, like, I, I never, like, I never was like that. Yeah. And then it became family, and, like, you're, like, oh, sweating, but, like, if it's family, it's one thing. If it's just your team, like you. By the way, so family, your brother-in-law, yeah, is Tom Brady, right? How weird is it that you have two World Series rings, and you played in the bigs for how long? I played uh, ten seasons. You played nine third, and a half years service time. Third in MVP voting one year. You would think at family reunions you'd be the best athlete. I am. <laughs> Wait, did you just throw a gauntlet down to Brady? I think I think it should be said on air yeah. that there was a race at Yellow. Foot race? There was a foot race between the family. Everyone ran two races before. I, with plantar fasciitis, uh-huh. burnt everyone in the family. Now, was it a timed race or everybody lined up and raced? Lined up, race, Usain Bolt right here. Okay. Beat everyone. Well, take it easy, kid dreidel. Take it easy there. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm just saying, but uh, but so you beat. What, what are we going off of athleticism? Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. I mean, let's a go foot race. I mean, the combine. I think I win. You think you can jump higher than him? Yeah. Uh... Hold on. Pull up that picture of the 07 or 04 World Series. There's when a you photo. jump. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> you got some fucking. You got a little lift there. Yeah. Um. When okay. <laughs> I mean, he can, he can, he, de- he, he can, he, there's, there's things he can definitely beat me at. I will tell you one thing that he I, is, I mean, well, let's be honest. He's I a mean, decent athlete. He's going to be the great, I mean, he's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And handsome. And, and listen, and up until two years what, ago, what I would have told you he was the most handsome quarterback in the league, but I think the Patriots drafted the most handsome quarterback, Janine Garofalo, who plays Benign. Oh, don't, don't even go there. Jimmy Garofalo is so handsome. <laughs> He's not more handsome than you. Let me t- let me explain something. You're telling me that there is, as an athlete, yeah, you're only good looking if you win. If no. you are, yes, Mark Sanchez gets tons of vagina. Nope, but he doesn't get. Listen, he, and he wears his hair back, and he gets tons of vagina. In the end, yeah, who wins? Not Mark Sanchez. Right. I mean, definitely. <laughs> okay, I have played with guys that were some of the ugliest dudes you've ever played with. And have beautiful women around. Well, there's them. no doubt that because that... they're really, really good. They also or have a really bit confident. Of money. A little bit of money. A little bit of money. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. But the confidence, you know, yeah, good luck. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to get girls that way. 
look like this. Oh, there it is. There he is. There it is. But your legs are bent, dude. That's cheating a little bit. Your dude, legs I'm are bent. still going up. You're, That's still your trajectory. Le- your legs are bent. Like, I didn't get to my peak. The- <laughs> <laughs> That's what I used to scream in high school in bed. I'm not on my peak yet. I'm not on my peak. Um, dude. 2004, 2007, mm-hmm. two different experiences as far as World Series for you. Right. 2004, your level of involvement was? I think I had like 200 bats. Bill Miller got knee surgery, so I got called up. Right. I was a filler, just just ma- ma- making sure that boat just kept kept sailing. But 2007, you were an intricate part of that. Right. So team. 2004, I got into the in Anaheim. When we played in Anaheim, I got into a game, and I was like, oh, my God. It was like late innings, and they pinch ran for Bill Miller, I think. And I'm, I'm going into freaking – Oh my God, the crazy! I mean, right? I mean, you go into Anaheim, yeah. loud as can be, rally monkeys going nuts. I got to go to third base, and I'm like, Good God, third base is the worst position too. Because do you your first game in the bigs? I know people look calm and cool. How much? How many nerves are involved in that? Oh, four hours of sleep. Really? Oh, dude, I was I and, was a mess. And that first at bat, is it possible to even concentrate? Can you tune it out? Oh or- yeah. I Can was you? I was locked in. I got a two one changeup from Pat Hankin, and I hit it so high, skied it, and I'm like, and all I could think of is like, I you know, just great missed. swing. No, I was on it. Just just missed it right on. Yeah, yeah. boom. And it, <laughs> the idiot in me says, hit the roof, hit the roof, hit the roof. They don't catch it. Hit the roof. They don't catch it. Hit the roof. I'm running around yelling at the ball. No, hit the roof. Hit Your the roof. first at bat. First at bat. Hit the roof. You know what's interesting is that you just said two one, and you knew the pitch. You know golfers, right? If I said to Tiger Woods, "Hey, remember that 2002, and you were the Masters, the fourth hole? Take me through that." He could tell me stroke by stroke. You do, is that the same for you guys? Not no. as much. Dustin Pedroia can do that. Can he really? Yeah, he can do that. I can't. Like I'm. Just, can other guys do? Can a lot of guys? Some guys do that? can. Some guys can't. You know, it's it's really odd. I mean, for me, I couldn't. I remember that. I remember the only reason I remember that is because I got the same pitch in my next at bat and I hit a home run. Your and first did, game you hit a home run. Yeah, the second at bat. So yeah. the first at bat, everyone thought it was my first at bat, but my first at bat, I popped it up to short. And then my second at bat, I got the same pitch from Pat Hank, hit a homer. You know what's interesting? When you say just missed it, I don't think people who never played baseball or don't know baseball, like the difference between a home run and a pop-up is how, how much of an inch? Less than an inch. Pubic hair. It is, right? It's yeah. like to square – when people are like baseball players, it's not an athlete. To square up a round ball – on a round bat. It's the hardest thing to do in all sports. Think about that. You're taking People say golf, but let me let me tell you something. You nope. ask a golfer to go hit BP and you get a guy throwing hard, golfer has no chance. Forget but there's hard, baseball but... guys that can play golf pretty well. But like you as a major league baseball player, at what point in the release can you go, "Oh, that's going to be a curveball." Is it when it's still in his hand? It just depends. It depends on every pitcher. You know, you see it. Sometimes you see a guy, he tips, he he does little things, he What do you drops. mean tips? So like he could he could have his arm like uh sorry got away from the microphone right. uh, I'll carry it with me so he could uh, <laughs> this is awesome. that's not that doesn't look awkward at all hey <laughs> hey bada bada hello so sometimes they'll drop down yeah they'll get up too high on their curveball they'll you know fastball will be here curveball will be here you know they have different angles where it comes out where you can tell that but there's also Different, you know, sometimes guys slow up on their change-ups, their body motions, and some guys, like, you know, with their gloves, they do different things. How much then, like... I didn't I didn't like that, though. J.D. Drew, J.D. Drew was the king of tipping. He'd be like, man, did you see that? I'm like, what? He goes, 
his eyebrow raises when he. F-. I'm like, <laughs> his what? Wait, did JD Drew do a voice on Fat Albert? I mean, what is? No, is that's that, my. That, that's that's my your JD Drew impersonation. Like, Man, <laughs> you. He's gonna be sad that he. That's what you think he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's what he sounds like. Man, my name's JD Drew. He's like, man, do you see that? He tipped with his eyelashes. I'm like, <laughs> what? Eyelashes? He could, dude. You know what? He was great at it. He was so good at as it. As far as skill wise, JD Drew, one of the best swings I've ever seen in the game. Compact, quick, right? Oh, just the sweetest. I was in his BP group for years, and it used to drive me nuts too, because I'm like, oh my god, he's so, like, he, you know, JD, JD was. I think he started playing baseball when he was like seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. He didn't he didn't play baseball growing up. Really? So like he yeah it was it was later. And he's just such I mean he's just such a talented gifted athlete. But and JD cared like the, the misconception was JD didn't care. Well, he was quiet. That's it was all. just JD wasn't it wasn't everything to him. He was a religious guy. He was a family guy. He was a hunter. He. He did his thing. He played video games with Coco Crisp. I'll never forget that. That was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Those two were hilarious. They're just sitting in their lockers playing these like on the computer video games and having a blast. But JD just wasn't. He wasn't me. He didn't. He didn't have that fire in his belly because he was so talented. And for me, I had a hard time with that. I had a hard time with guys that didn't understand that. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't care if it's the first inning or ninth inning. We play. This, we play this game as hard as we can. Right. And looking back, that was one of my hardest things with guys. And you mean look, guys in your locker room? Yeah, any like on other teams, right. everything. Like it made me so mad when guys were so talented that looked like they didn't care. But they do care. It's just every personality is different, right? So Mark Bellhorn, who I was really close with mm-hmm. when we played, he just didn't come off emotional, right? So people thought he didn't care. He really cared. Like he really got it. He'd go home. And we go out like I'll never forget this. Like we go out. Mark and I went out all the time in Boston yeah. together. And he would be like sitting in the mirror, looking at his thing, left-handed, right-handed. I'm like, Belly, dude, let's go, man. Like, yeah, dude, leave that. Like, we'll get but it in he, the morning. He, but he really cared. Like he would always because he was a switch hitter, so right. you have to really work on it. But I was never that way. Once I left the field, it was over. It was go- it was gone. Do you think? And that's an un- that's an interesting because guys like JD Drew get a bad rap with fans, right? Right? Because right. he may they don't he doesn't care as much as they want him to care. Mm-hmm. The perception is, but so if you put your and that's interesting too because he probably was so naturally talented that that a hundred percent he never had to growing up. Because it was probably pretty easy for him. Yeah, it was easy. I mean, he, at Florida State, he was like the best, you know, player, first round pick, all yeah. that stuff. And 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 JD was a heck of an outfielder. And JD had the biggest home run, probably one of the biggest home runs of all time in the Red Sox history. A hundred percent. And so for me, I, I look at like it was funny when you go through the grind, you're getting mad and little things. And I look back at my career and look back at baseball in general. It's like I used to get so mad at so much dumb stuff. I said to you before the podcast started, you strike me as the kind of player that if you were on my team, the fans loved you. Right. But any opposing team, those fans fucking hated you. Is that safe? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. But they hate you. They hate you when they're behind that little, you know, wall and security guards. And then they see you on the street. They're like, hey, man. You know what the one I get is? Oh, I hated you. Like I hated you, but I love you. You know, like yeah. I, lo- I love the way you play. But I, man, I hated, I hated like facing you. 
Why do you think you get hit by so many pitches? How many did you get hit by? Oof. I got the Red Sox record. I think yes. it's like 86. Why do you 83, think? 86. Why do you think? Let's not talk about why. I have you... a large torso. Is that what it is? Yeah, no. I think. We... I got I got hit. I got hit on purpose a lot, but I also got hit because I was in a position where they would. The problem, and to be honest, a lot of times I would be the fall guy. Their guy would get hit and they'd hit me. And the biggest problem that came about that was the only time I ever charged the mound, which was one of the. Still to this day, my kid, my kids, dude, I'm with my three year old playing in the backyard, right. and he hits the ball. And sometimes he runs around the bases, but sometimes he runs right at me. And he's seen that video too many times. I well, think. Tell people that. what happened. Tell people what happened. Well, okay, so this is the story. If anyone's, I'll I'll tell everyone the story. So basically, what happened was we're playing the Tigers. The first game, it's uh, Brad Penny is pitching for us, and Edwin Jackson is pitching for Detroit. Penny hits Miguel Cabrera in the first inning. And I think it, later on the game, I didn't get hit my first at bat, but later on the game, is there talk in the dugout? Oh, someone's getting hit. Does that? Oh yeah. Is there talk in the dugout oh, when yeah. that when somebody, you so you kind of know it's coming? I know it's coming. But do, are other guys well, talking Miguel about Cabrera, it? So the way it works is it's either by position, right, or spot in the order, right? Miguel Cabrera was playing third base, right, hitting third. I was playing. Third base or first base, whatever. But does anyone say to you, Yuki, you know something's coming at you? Does that get talked about in the dugout? Does Does Brad Penny go, sorry, buddy? Does any of that happen, or is it just silent? Like It, it depends. Yeah. Some days. You, I mean, it just depends. Some days it's talked about. Sometimes it's unwarranted. Right. You know, so and some, it's an accident. Sometimes guys hit guys, and yeah. it's not on purpose. But if you hit Miguel Cabrera, they're going to probably hit, you know. You, so Edwin Jackson just lights me up. Where? 97, right in the rib cage, right here. Is that the most painful place to get hit? Oh, it's great. That's way, better. <laughs> way better. The ribs is better. Oh, ribs is way better. Ribs, oh, it hurts. Yeah, no, it hurts. Which is the worst place? Wrist. Oh yeah, your hand. Like when Chimin Wong hit me here. I mean, you can see it's. Oh yeah, it's still messed up. It, it the hands are the worst place to get. Oh hit. god, it's the worst. And I, I broke a bone, and they said it wasn't broken until yeah. a year later. I had another X-ray, and they're like, "Hey, you have an old fracture there." I look at my trainer. I'm like, "You son, son of, of a bitch." And he looked at me and goes, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you get, he lights you up. So I get lit up by Edwin Jackson, 97. I take it, I flip my bat. I'm like, God, that hurt. Son of a bitch. How much does that hurt, 97 in the ribs? Oh, it's good. And it, and it was one of those where it like hits you. It like hits you and falls. Oh, so it didn't deflect. Just absorbed. Yeah. Just straight into my ribs. Ah. Just like, oh, God, this is going to stay. <laughs> can't breathe. But you got you to, gotta, don't you have to pretend like it doesn't hurt? Oh, yeah. No, that was my whole thing. There's some you can't. Right. And I would, and my wife was always like, oh, they probably kept hitting you because you make those facial expressions. I was like, what do you want me to do? Like, have you been hit with 95? <laughs> what, what, am I supposed to train myself yeah. facial expression-wise? Like, hey. <laughs> like here, you're just sitting yeah, there. Yeah, just you go, people, yeah. Mm, smile. Thank you. Thank you. So I get hit. The next day, uh, I think it's Sazawa starting for us, and he first at bat hits Cabrera, and the ball just ran, and Miggy was going to swing, and it ran up too quick and hit him in the hand. Miggy's out of the game. So we now, go do at, you know at that point in time you're getting hit again? No, no, because the funny thing was I went up to Jim Leland before. Like, we're in BP. I'm like, hey, Jim. And Jim's great. Jim Leland's awesome. I go, Jim, hey, I took it tonight. I'm not taking it again. Somebody else, if somebody gets – it was more joking. <laughs> right. like, I didn't think it was going to happen again. It was joking. It was like, hey, I took that one. Because Edwin Jackson, he throws 97. Like, he's got some funk on him. How much of a bruise does that leave? Uh, so I don't bruise. Uh-huh. So it's kind of funny. So there was always a kind of a joke. Like, 
I don't really bruise. Like, so it just turns red. <laughs> It'll bruise initially and then goes away. Huh. So it was, it was always the best part. It's called a lot of layers. So I come in the next day, they're like, oh, it doesn't look that bad. I'm like, oh, it didn't look that bad? <laughs> really? Oh, really? Because some guys, like, they're like, get hit, and yeah. the whole entire, like, left side is blue. And it's wild. Like, but I have whatever. We need a doctor to tell us what yeah. I have. But I don't bruise that. So next thing you know, Miggy gets hit again. We go up to hit. I'm hitting fourth. Victor Martinez is hitting third. Yep. Pitch goes, I'm on deck. Pitch goes high and tight into Victor. Like, literally, like, where he went back like this, he takes two steps to the mound. Like, what, the, you know, like, what the what the fuck was that? Yeah. So he's pissed. Next pitch, he just gets in there left-handed and takes this monster hack. Sky high. You know, I think it was the infield. Right. He's out. Right? Go. I'm like, oh, okay. And so, so you're not thinking anything's up at all? No, no. Like, I didn't. I didn't. And who's pitching for them? Rick Porcello. Okay. He's with the Red Sox now. Yep. Nice guy, too. Really nice guy. And uh, next thing you know, I go out to the field, come in to hit, and I'm just like, all right, you know, like. <laughs> Where? First pitch, two inches, a little bit farther on my back. Uh, Hits me, and I just lost it. I just lost my cool. I, 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 it hurt so bad. I mean, that spot was so sensitive yeah. that I just, like, got to go. Your, what was I your game go. plan? On your way out there, you were like, well, I committed to this. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I ran, and then I, as I'm running as fast as I can, I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, I got to tackle. Yeah, what's the game plan? So you went tackle? I, yeah. Well, you just have to go on the fly. Like, you know, like if he comes at you, you got to, you know, it's like a, it's like a fight. You got to yeah. do whatever you do. So he kind of looks and throws his hands like this, and he starts going off to the side of the mound. And he's going away. Now I'm even more mad because I got to run really fast. <laughs> right? So not only am I hurting, now I got to run. Yeah. Like, it'd been a lot easier if we did the octagon. I don't have to yeah, run. Yeah, you know, yeah. He beats me up, all this stuff, right? So <laughs> all I could think of is I, I take my helmet and I go, I don't know why I thought of it. I was like, I'm going to try to stop him. So I throw my helmet. He turns. And as he turns, he like keeps backpedaling this way. Well, Ryan uh, Ryan Rayburn was at first, mm-hmm. and literally, I don't know. It was like a defensive. I was like Jason Paul, like yeah. JPP running by. Like, I nipped by him. Like I did this move, like m- mid stride, and Rayburn, nimble. Maybe you Ray- are athletic. Yeah, right. Yeah. Only when I'm really angry, he could have literally touched me like this, dink, yeah. and I would have been like, <laughs> and I get by him, and then I just got to him, and I just went and. You know, go to tackle yep. him, and I start driving, driving. He just goes, Whoop. he just literally he olayed you. He just no, well, he had me. Yeah, and my my momentum, and he just did the the hip. He just did the quick hip thing, and then we just go boom, 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 and tumble on the ground. How and many I punches still had, are thrown? In I those? still had his jersey in uh-huh. my hand on the ground, and then my arm was like down locked, and I let go. But I was like, I'm just sitting there on the ground, and people on top of us, and I'm just like, I can't get to him. It, not a lot of punches get landed in baseball no, fights. No, huh? the baseball fights are dumb. Okay, that was a dumb. That was. But the one baseball me, fight, got, yeah, it was so stupid. Look, the one baseball fight that I will always remember was the A Rod Veritek, right? Yep, I was in that one. How much does a because you know in Boston folklore what they'd like to tell what is that fight propelled the team blah blah, but how much can something like that actually propel a team? Can it or is it not a big deal? Yeah, no, it can. It can really get a team fired up. It can get it. Can, it helps a team. Well, if a team's already united, right, they're going to fight and they're going to be together. If a team is kind of just iffy and guys and personalities aren't getting along, and something happens and 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 it's a beneficial fight, it's good. So, I mean, 
It's not good. Like I always say, like the whole fighting thing is baseball fights are so dumb. Right. But you got to do it. You got to stick up for your players and you got to stick up as a team and you got to do things. And, you know, it, it's it's a part of the game. And it, it's just so it, the, the worst part, though, is how baseball is like once a guy gets hit, there's warnings. Right. And that's just ridiculous. Like let the game handle itself. It handled itself for years. And it does, right? It does. But Major League Baseball gets involved and it's just. But, okay, when you are on, a Red, on the Red Sox or any team, you have a, a, a perception of people on the other team, maybe some players you don't like. Right. Have you ever had a perception of a player you don't like and you get traded to that team and you're like, well, now I kind of have to like him? Do you know what I mean? We don't have to go into specifics. But no, that- because I, there, there wasn't – I'm not the type of guy that, like, I have a pretty good sense of people. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, we've, been, we've known each other a long time. Yeah. I, I, I pride myself on – Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the people around me are complete <laughs> douchebags. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I was going to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this guy, Josh Wolf, he's a good buddy of mine. <laughs> complete douche. Uh, no, but I, I feel like I, I associate myself with the right people. Mm-hmm. And usually the people I'm – and I, I, I've always been the type where I don't need a ton of friends within the industry. I, I have select friends that are my, like, good, good friends. And the the saying I, I I didn't believe it until now more than ever is you only have a handful of people you'll talk to when you retire, and I didn't realize like you, you're like oh my god no because you talk to guys every day but then after you retire you realize it is a handful there's a handful of guys that you're gonna stay really close with and other than that you're still gonna see each other around you're gonna be yeah your your buddies but you're not like good good friends where you go on trips with each other's family and. You know, my wife asked me that. She was like, but aren't those guys just always best friends? I'm like, no, they no. that's their job. For me, you have to get away from it. And I have my crew in Boston and my buddies mm-hmm. that you you know, you know, yep. my crew of guys. Um, and it was great, you know, because I didn't I didn't need to hang out with these guys. We hang out every single right, day. Right. Like on the road, you know, when you don't have your friends around, you you know, it's good. It's good team, you know, building. But like guys would hang out together with at home too. And to me, I'm like, man, you need a break. You know, I don't know. I just, I needed a break. I was like, ah. All right, a couple questions that have been sent in to me that I got to ask see you. All right. Question, which I'm sure you've been asked a zillion times. Best stuff you ever faced? Best stuff. Best, how, about, how about just say best stuff you've ever seen? Pitcher. When Pedro? Felix Hernandez came in, he was, oh, Pedro? Yeah, when I saw Pedro in spring training, like just facing him. But Pedro, Pedro was nasty. But um, Felix Hernandez, when he first came up, was filth. And does... The stuff like how much does their um, the the wind up and hiding the ball like how important is that for a pitcher? Can you have great stuff but tip? Oh yeah, like there's some guys that throw 97 that they show the ball early and you can't see it, but there's guys that throw 90 and they don't, they're, they're very deceiving in the way they pitch. And so that deception in the movement is almost as important as the stuff. Oh, 100 percent. I'd rather face guys that throw 95 and straight. Mm-hmm. Than a guy that throws eighty-eight to ninety like Greg Maddox, facing Greg Maddox stinks. I mean, he's got balls going all different kinds of directions and stuff like that. You don't. To me, and it was funny. I saw Jim Leland in the playoffs in Pittsburgh, yeah. and he's like, "I'll never forget this." He says, "You always say this," and I'll, he, he, I, I can't believe you said it to me like <laughs> like you remember what it right. said. But I always hated pitchers that had stuff that would go in two different directions. If a pitcher had something that could go really well this way. And really well that way. That's when it got really hard because then you have to, the plate gets that much bigger. Well, then as a hitter, right? You know, when people say guess, 
Is it? Are you educated guessing up there sometimes, or are you not guessing but going? If the ball is in this, on this part of the plate, I'm swinging, and if it's on that part of the plate, I'm not swinging. So you have to cut. Yeah, you have to cut the plate down. Like you can't just say, "Okay, I'm going to hit it if it's a strike." I mean, that's in t-ball or what? Not t-ball. Yeah. Well, t-ball. Yeah, it's always a strike. Yeah. <laughs> t-ball is easy. Your yeah, sign. T- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's a. Uh, you the higher levels you get to, you have to eliminate parts of the plate, and then when you get two strikes, you just got to protect. When you say eliminate, you you think this is my fucking wheelhouse, so this is where I'm looking for it. Yeah, you have to. You have to look for a pitch, unless it's a hanging breaking ball that you naturally react to. You have to cut away. Like if you're looking inside in the fastball store and out over the plate, yep. even if it's a strike, your mindset and your thought process is in. So you can't swing at the outside pitch. You'll see guys roll over when that happens right. a lot of times. But the whole key to it is you have to really, until you get to two strikes, you have to cut down. Because these guys are really, really good. They're getting better and better. They're throwing harder. They're nastier. Yeah. You have to eliminate parts of the plate. And that's what I did. I mean, against some of the nastier guys, you can't give them everything they want. You know, like Roy Halladay I had success against. But Roy Halladay was nasty. Interesting. So would you say he's the best pitcher that you had success against? And why do you think you had success against him? I had success against him because I didn't chase. Uh, you know, I, I I committed to. I would see the ball and commit. Like I wouldn't. I, if I got the two strikes, I got the two strikes. Then it's like, hey, like then he's gonna have to bury me. You know, right. he's gonna have to get me out here. But I wouldn't commit. Like there's a couple times. I mean, of course, a couple times I, I screwed up. And right. He threw me a sinker inside, and I'd swing at him and be off the plate. But I had to really commit with him. Is okay, sinker in, let it go. If it's a strike, it's probably a good pitch. I can't do anything with it. You know, and then. Basically, if he threw me a cutter away or something like that, like lay off the cutter away. You're hedging your bets. Yeah, pretty. I mean, well, well, because you're saying, look, it's called it's called a plan. Like right. if you have a plan, if you, the the problem, the first thing Manny Ramirez said to me in spring training this year with the Cubs, he's like, "Yuk, these guys had no plan. They got no plan." I'm like, that was actually right, pretty right, good. That was better right. than your JD Drew, for sure. <laughs> For sure, JD Drew is not going to be happy. You think that's what he sounds like? Manny, I think would be okay with that. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think that. I think you're safe for that. I got, I got some more. Okay. But... <laughs> uh, no, but it, it, it's really one of the biggest things that's the problem with uh, young hitters right now is they don't have a plan. They don't understand that you have to go up there with a plan. More than ever now, you have to have more of a plan because these guys are filthy. There's a lot of great pitchers right oh, now. Oh, they're filthy. I'm watching on TV and. The number one rule that I've told myself since I've done playing is don't be the bitter old guy. Right. Like, don't care. Like, pe- my, like my friends will be like, dude, this is ridiculous amount of money. I'm like, good for them. They're making m- – the guys before me didn't make that much money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's generational. Let yeah. it go. Like, yeah, yeah, live yeah, with yeah. your own life. Like, yep. who cares? And the other one is like, oh, these kidders aren't as good as we were. Like, come on, dude. These guys are nasty. There's some good baseball players right now. The, the difference now, and I think every – it's just fundamentals. The fundamentals are a little different. And I think in my generation, the fundamentals were worse than the, the years before us. It's just different. You know, you had to be more fundamentally sound back in the day. You had to bunt, move guys over. Mm-hmm. Now they've eliminated stuff. So it's it's just a different game. And it's it's if you're not evolving with the times, you're just going to be lost in the shuffle. It's interesting to me, like, be, how many, okay, I've heard people say this too, but is it true that you basically hit mistakes and the perfect yeah. pit, the perfect pitch you're not going to hit? Good hitting or good pitching will always be good hitting. Really, always. So I mean, if a pitcher like because I go back to 2013 when the Sox were playing the Tigers, and that home run that Napoli hit, 
right? And Nap swings harder and than I think I've ever seen anyone in my porn entire hacks. Life. Yeah, I mean he literally, take, literally porn. I mean he, <laughs> but it looked like the one mistake that was thrown, he hit. Right, and that was it. And so that's it, right? The the key is not but, to swing at their pitch and to when you get a mistake from a good pitcher, you better fucking hit that. No one hits home runs on good pitches unless you're like the elite. The only guy I ever saw hit a home run on a a good oh, it was a ball and almost hit him was Miguel Cabrera. Phil Hughes in New York, he literally threw a pitch that almost hit him in the back leg and he just went inside hands, home run to left. Our catcher he raises his hands up. I'll never forget the replay. He just goes like this to the dugout. What the he was like, what the fuck? Really? What the hell was that? And you watch the replay, it is amazing what happened there. Is you that, don't see that. That's all hand-eye from him? Yeah, I mean, you, you're Barry Bonds, you're Miguel Cabrera's. They do stuff like that. Right. I mean, and that's what separates them. They're the elite. Like, 99% of guys do not hit good pitches for home runs. It doesn't happen. And in order to get solid contact, you have to hit a bit of a mistake. Is that safe to say? No, no. You can you can hit a good pitch hard if you have really good hands. You. I mean, do you have to be looking for that pitch? No, no. You, there's guys that you know, pull your hands in real tight. Right. Guys that can pull Bill Miller, a guy that I, I came up watching. This guy, that's why Mariano. Yeah. He did good against Mariano because he could pull his hands in tight. Guys that can pull their hands in tighter always have a very good chance against good pitching. All right, here's another question that I'd never have thought of before. You had a very unique batting stance. Yep. Somebody wanted to know is if, if you – did you pattern that after anybody? No. Yeah, Not at I all. Can't. No, the key. The did key... people try to switch that? Did did, no. ever, did people ever look at you and go, "You can't fucking hit like that, man," because no. you were hitting four hundred? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like I, I call it the evolution of swing. If people want to go and go online, check out like uh, when I was at UC uh, playing there. I have a different batting stance. Uh, Portland Sea Dogs, check out my batting stance. I call it the evolution of hitting. I say you either evolve or you don't. I mean, if you're not evolving in every walk of life, mm-hmm. you're. You're just not going to succeed. You have to keep evolving, and and for me, I just kept evolving and trying to figure out what worked for myself, for my, my mechanics, my body. Everyone's body is different. Mm-hmm. As much as we all have the same, you know, you're saying you and I don't have the same body. No. <laughs> underneath this, <laughs> uh, underneath this layer of fat is just pure, pure joy. The masseuse. I actually, I, I actually you uh, enjoy the masseuse. Oh, uh, you killer me! I killer you! <sighs> I kill a you and you kill a me. <laughs> uh, that was the best, hands down. So it's an evolution is basically what it is. For me, it was evolution. Some guys like have natural swings that they just keep going and going, but you have to keep working at it. You have to figure out things. How do you figure out – and look, you know, some guys uh, – let's use Joey Bats for an example. He started hitting home runs at a mat- Encarnacion. Let's take any kind of – Bad. Uh, um, um, are, are we, we going to only talk about guys that pimp home runs? No, fair, but I'm asking. But but the home run. You 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 know you know you had to bring up guys that just drive me <laughs> drive me nuts. <laughs> okay, here's my other question. Here's my other question. <laughs> Is that one of the questions you no, like when guys pimp me, home that runs? That was just me. Just I hate it when you. guys on my own team. I know. Home runs. <laughs> okay, but I love them. But when you got traded from the Sox. Okay. How far ahead of time did you know that was coming? Uh, I knew, Yeah. well, there was a lot of meetings. Yeah. Um, By the way, we don't have to mention the manager, but not you won't find anybody who is a big fan of that dude. No. No. 
I, that hire to me was the most, I've never scratched my head more about a hire in my entire life. Me, uh, me too. That off season, I won't lie. Yeah. Um, I can say it here first. I, I literally was like, wow, this is to my age. And I was like, wow, I don't know what we're doing here. But, uh, you know, the, the funny thing that came about all uh, happened in 2012. And I lo- a lot of people want me to say bad things about Bobby Valentine. And Bobby keeps bringing up my name constantly. And I know. a lot of things. And to me. Why do you think he does it? He's holding on to something because he thinks that one thing he said ruined his job. And. For some reason, he keeps blaming me for it, and I, and it's understandable. I mean, in his mind, or well, not not a lot. Not really, mind. dude. But in his mind, that's what he believes. Right, right. But you know, quite honestly, I, my dad has taught me well. My my parents have taught me well, and you just have to you have to move on, and you you can't badmouth people. But the one thing I want to say is, people say like, oh. It was a big problem, and and Bobby Valentine was the reason you left. It wasn't Bobby Valentine as much as me. Like I wasn't playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. I had a back problem. I wasn't I wasn't the same player I used to be. Uh, you know, and and the funny thing is, is like people don't realize. Like everyone's like, oh, his career just went down the drain real quick. I I didn't play every day until I was 27 years old. But that's unique to baseball. Very unique. Yes. And people don't understand this in baseball is most guys are coming up at 23, 24. So I had I had a late start in a lot of ways. So my body was you know, it was it was it was later on in my career, mm-hmm. you know. And and you can get those young years, you know, out of your mind. And it is what it is, but I got traded because I wasn't playing up to my capability. There, that that's the bottom line. There was a young player that was hot. He was doing good and whatever, mm-hmm. and I wasn't playing up to my capabilities. So when people are like, oh, it's Bobby, it's not Bobby Valentine's fault in my mind. I can go to sleep every night and say, it's not Bobby Valentine, it's me. How? I wasn't playing the way I needed to play to stay in Boston. At the time. Like, that sounds like somebody in retrospect with maturity looking back. At the time, did you also believe that? Half and half. I was so angry and so mad about... Th- there was a lot of stuff going on in my life back then. Yeah. I got out of a relationship. I was in a new relationship. I was I was just married. There were some tough times in Boston with uh, a past relationship. And, and Boston was a little tough for me at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when, when you're in a, a serious relationship and you're in a city and you're defined by that person, which the media just kept going and going with yeah. every little angle that I was in this relationship. And then I became really bitter to the media. And... Uh, you know, looking back, like, I was half and half. I, I knew there was a young player that they loved. They loved this guy. They thought he was the next coming. And I knew my writing was on the wall. I didn't know if it was going to come that quick, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't playing well. But looking back, the Red Sox screwed up in the fact that they didn't just send Will down. If they would have sent Will down and let him keep playing at the AAA level, hopefully I get hot, then they can trade. You know, if I would have gotten hot and there was no coverage, no – you know, BS stories and everything here and there, and I would have gotten really hot and played well, like I did when I got traded to Chicago. I got yep. player of the week in the first week I was – or, yeah, something like that, yep. whatever. Uh, first week at home, I was with Chicago. Um, it's my second week in Chicago. But, like, if I would have got hot like that, I would have had more trade value. And looking back, I think that was the only big mistake they made was not making that. And they probably would admit the same thing. But Do, you, do players romanticize staying with a team for their whole career? I thought I was going to stay with the Boston Red Sox my whole career. I did too. I I thought I, but then 
like I said, I saw so much on the wall. And the sad thing was, is like looking back, I was thinking I was making $12 million a year. It's not terrible. And yeah, it was great. (laughs) But but the funny part about it was like back then it was like, oh, he's making $12 million. Like, holy cow. It's like, well, three years later, guys are making $25 million. Like if you can throw the ball with your left hand, you're, you could play until you're fucking 45. Right. And make thirty million dollars. Well, not anymore. You can't play till you're forty anymore. The young kids are taking over the game. But yes, you can. You can play ten years and make a lot of money. But it's funny how, and teams probably say the same thing. Like, dude, we were all up in a tizzy over this guy making twelve million. This guy's making twenty five two years later. So it's funny. It's just the the TV. The TV money is unreal. It's blowing up. It's good. It's good for everyone because for me, I always say, I was like, do you want your players making the money or do you want the owners making the money? I'm all for players making the money. Um, to, to, it was a two-part for that question oh, about okay. getting traded. When you came back, because the person who asked the question was at the game you came back. Okay. What does that feel like? And were you nervous at all? Or did you know, oh, these fucking people love me? <laughs> well, well, Because to, you've to seen go... Boston fans can be fickle. Like, Johnny Damon came back. Right. He was not well-received. Right. Um, well, two, well, two things. To go back the day I got traded... Was the, and like you said before, was it? It was the best send off that anyone that was a could great ever get. Send off. My mind, though, at the time. Will you tell people what the send off was? Just okay, so, so basically, uh, we were playing the Atlanta Braves, and it was in the seven. I don't know. In Fenway. Day, in Fenway Park, playing the Atlanta Braves, and I hit this loopy like fly ball into right center field, and it was a day game, and I knew like right field, it's hard to see. Jason Hayward was in right, Michael Bourne was in center. And I hit it, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of funky." They're kind of lo- they they look at each other because that sun—it's the worst sun yeah. during a day game in right field. And I look, and I'm like, "Oh man, they don't see it." So I start running, and I just take off. Ball—they they miscommunicate, whatever. Ball drops in. I come chugging in. I just slide into third base, and everyone's and you know scored a run. Next thing you know, I look up, and our third base coach is tapping me on the back, like, "Yeah, that a boy, like good hustle," you know. And then all of a sudden, I see going back. Um, and the irony that one of the, one of my closest friends still to this day is Nick Punto, mm-hmm. is coming out to get me at third base. And mind you, sorry to go back to the beginning of this game. In my first at bat, I came up to bat. Everyone at Fenway stood up and applauded, mm-hmm. and it was so emotional and so raw. Like I was like, "Holy cow!" Was it harder to focus during that at bat or your very first major league at bat? That at bat. That at bat that day when the fans stood up, it was just like eerie. It was weird. It was like, this could be my last at bat. This could be my last game. And it's why I, didn't I love think, sports, dude. By I, the way, I didn't what think. You're, what you're describing right now is why I love sports. There's so much human, the human condition is on display every fucking second of every game. And it's humans. Yes. You know, it's a human mistakes, human good, yes. bad, everything Love in between. It. And I was so emotional in that first at bat. I was like, oh my God. And I didn't think it was my last game. I knew that I was probably going to get traded at some point. Right. But it was still, it was still like June. Yeah. It, it was like early. It wasn't like trade deadline. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't, you know, we're going to run this thing out. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be miserable for another month. <laughs> They're like, going to stop this. clapping soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I get to third. Nick Punto comes out. And man, I just knew it then. It was it. Like, you know, you when know, you say when he you came get pulled out, he came out. to, he came they to run me. for you. Yeah. yeah he, they came, he pulled me out of the game. And that's why I knew because it was like the seventh inning. You, know, you don't get pulled out of games, you mm-hmm. know. And 
the fans just went nuts and I just started breaking down crying and you know in tears and hugging teammates and you know it, it was just so I, I was so the the emotions someday hopefully I can you know someday hopefully I, I tell people I'm like I'll write a book someday down the road but I, I have so much of my life I want to write about you know because baseball is only one part of my life mm-hmm. there's so much more to it but in that book I hopefully be able to put into words the emotions of that so anyways I you know, I, I do the whole thing, send off, blow kisses to the fans because it was that a was great, a long ovation, man. It was huge. It, it it was really, but you know, for me, I was it was such a mixed emotions in my head, and I wish I would have embraced it a lot more. Instead, you know, like you mean em- embrace the moment, embrace the moment. But I was so, <laughs> I was so insecure about my tears. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta get in the dugout. I'm crying. I'm crying. There's no crying at baseball. So I'm crying on the field. I'm like, God, Tom Hanks is so mad at me right now. And and the and the thing was, I go down the tunnel, and I go up, and Ben Charrington's waiting at the top, and I'm. You tell everybody who he is. Ben Charrington was the general manager of the, the Red Sox. Sox when I was there, and he was also the farm director when I was in the minor leagues. So we go. we've gone back a long ways. And um, I go up there, and I'm like, who is it? Where am I going? I knew it was either Chicago, White Sox, or um, the Dodgers. And at the time, my wife was seven and a half months pregnant with our first child Mm -hmm. together. And my stepdaughter we had. um, But all I wanted was to be in in a California because we had our house we just uh, purchased. And I, or or, even her parents, you know, our parents are out there in Cali. So she had to go home wherever we were going. She had to go home because you can't fly the past eight months. And I, I, we've for two weeks, my agent and me were just pressing the owners, pressing the general man, like, please come on. Just, just Kevin's been a soldier. I've been a soldier for you guys for so long. Like just, just hook it up. Yeah. And, um, Ben, like, man, he was torn up, and he goes, you're going to Chicago. And I, I love Chicago. Chicago's my favorite city in the world. At that moment, Chicago is not my favorite right. city in the world. I was so angry, so mad, went, into, went in the showers, throwing my stuff off. I pack up all my stuff, and got Dave Magadan comes in, the hitting coach. He's crying. Like, I, it, it was the massage therapist, Russell Newell. Like, joy. Uh, yeah, joy. Joy was crying. And it was just such an emotional thing. But for me, it was the hardest day of my life because I knew that I was going somewhere and I wasn't going to see my wife and share that pregnant, like, mm-hmm. our first child in pregnancy. Like, I couldn't be there for her. What a crazy – so not only were you leaving the team that you, right. at one point you thought you were going to spend the rest of your career with, where whether you want to believe it or not, you're in Red Sox lore. Like, you're a legend oh. there, okay? Whether you want to believe it or not. I'm a good baseball player in Boston. Yes. That's about, not a legend. Amongst the people, <laughs> not the sports writers, the, the, as far as being attached to players, you're high up in the pantheon, man. Whether you want to well, believe pr- it or not, I appreciate it for everyone okay. out there. That Whether you believe that, I it or not, it. Um, but then on top of that, going to a new city, new team, now to know that you're not going to be with your seven and a half month pregnant wife, then to come out that first week and get player of the week, like how does that work? So I got so I, the funny thing was I call her. Nick and Will and yeah. and Braden's at the house, and uh, I'm like, guys, you know, they they're all there when I get back. You know, all my boys are there, and we're like sitting there drinking and having a good time and just reminiscing, and they're like crying. You know, Nick's, you know, <laughs> Nick and Will are like, and Will's like, well, Will Daly, he was a uh, well, the song. Will for played. We played. Uh, 
Yeah, we played the Will for song for yeah. the beginning of Bird's podcast. Musician. Yeah. He's yeah. like, that was the greatest send-off. And I couldn't put my head around it. I just couldn't wrap my head up because all I could think of is my wife. I'm not going to see my new wife. It's my new wife, new kid, all this. It's like so new, so great. My life is awesome off the field and on the field was kind of a mess. Right. But that was the hardest thing for me. And next thing you know, I get a call from Kenny Williams. He's like, hey, you guys be in Minnesota you know, tomorrow. Get on the plane. You're going to play tomorrow. But how do you refocus? And it was hard. It's just, you just get, you know, like I was like, all right. You know, hey, and Braden, my cousin, was helping me out, and thank God, Braden was like the biggest lifesaver mm-hmm. for me in my life. Uh, he he was my <laughs> he was my, my 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 assistant. We like joke around, like you know, like you're that guy that has an assistant. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm totally not that guy, but I was that guy because I was going through whatever. Um, but Braden was great. He, like we just packed up all the stuff. He was there. He could you know stay at the house and take care of things. And uh, I just went on my way to Minnesota, and then we went on to New York. I mean, you get traded. I go to Minnesota first for the White Sox. Then I had to go to Yankee Stadium, and it's like, holy cow, I'm just getting killed. <laughs> but the funny thing is I, we went back to Chicago, and my wife came to Chicago because that was the last time she could be with me mm-hmm. until the eight-month period was over. So she came to Chicago one week. I played the best week of my life in front of my you know, my daughter and my wife and got player of the week, and it was awesome. So, But the sad thing was I didn't get to see my wife again until um, – Three days before she delivered our baby. At least you were there for the the important part. Right. All right. There was another part to that question, which Did was. Did I miss it? No. Are we talking? W- when you came back to Fenway the first mm. time, what's that like? That and was... were you nervous at all? Like I said. Yeah, there was there was nerves. Oh, by the way, somebody just texted me that you are like the super athletic Louis C.K. <laughs> Dude, if I could. Com- <laughs> all right. To all you, where, where's the camera? Either one what? of those. Either one of those. Yeah. There's a thing called profiling in life. <laughs> you can profile races, ethnicity, uh, you name it. If you're bald and have a goatee, we all don't look alike, all right? That's profiling. That's mm-hmm. prejudice. Mm-hmm. Prejudice? Prejudistic yeah. behavior? Yeah. All right, so going back to Fenway. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to go on that rant. Yeah, no, I'm if glad. If I get compared to every ball guy with a goatee, I'm in trouble. Yes, that's true. It's that's not a great group to not be Not a good thing. No, no. But you know, Montel Williams, you're in that group. Ooh. Yeah, and, and, oh, no, he doesn't have a goatee. Who? Um, what's his name that screwed up the... Uh, screwed up the... Oh, Steve... Steve Harvey. He's not bald. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's bald and he's got a mustache. Though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you yeah. know, that facial hair counts. Though. Which I had an awesome mustache in Chicago White Sox. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a, anyone, you and Shaq, sweat more than anybody in the history of sports, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm a sweater. Yeah. It's the worst thing ever. To the point where it's, like, out of control a lot of times. I, I told you, like, for me. Well, one... I got to answer this question first, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then go we got to go on. All right. So go yeah, because whenever we, we try to come I, back I, to yeah, it, right? <laughs> who is that that I asked that question too? I feel bad. Fuck so, anyways, I came back and Adam Dunn. I played with. He's like, oh man, this he's hit. He hit behind me. He hit third. So he's like, man, he's like, dude, this better be the best montage on the freaking video board. And he's just like pumping it up. He's like, what are you gonna do? You gonna raise your hat to everyone? Yeah. He's just like just talking like all this smack. He's loving it. And I'll any think, any inkling in your mind that you're not gonna get a good reception? No, I knew it. Okay. The team was in shambles. Yeah. <laughs> they hated that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And when I came back, it was unbelievable because we were facing Aaron Cook. And Aaron Cook and I played when we were growing up in Cincinnati. We won a, we won an uh, AAU World Series together. We He was at a rival high school. They won state. Like, So we had this childhood. 
And guess who I get to face coming back to Fenway? Aaron Cook. Just unbelievable. Uh, you know, and for me, that first Saltamaki's a catch in and said hi to Salty and the, whoever the umpire was, and just the fans went nuts. Yep. And I try to embrace that and soak it in as much. I mean, it was so amazing. But the greatest part about coming back was when they didn't walk me against John Lester mm-hmm. late in the game because Bobby, I guess, thought that Johnny was going to get me out on that mm-hmm. one, and I hit the home run off Johnny Lester to pull us ahead to win the game. And the fans cheered <laughs> as I round the bases. They're, they were screaming, you! <laughs> uh, was there any part of you that wanted to look into the dugout at Bobby Valentine, the way Roger Clemens looked up at Dan Duquette when he walked uh, off the field? No, there I think everyone knew at that point. I think everyone knew. I mean, it, it, but you know what? It, like I said, there was a young player. He was doing good. You can't, you can't blame. I, I don't blame him. No, I mean, no. Um, I know some people are still upset to that day. But by the way, remember how you were like, oh, "There's no way we'll talk for two hours." Are we at two hours? We're like a, an hour and forty. Yeah. See how quickly that two Jews, two Jews talking. Um, I was going to tell you, I have over the years and i think i've talked about this maybe before but about four or five years ago i just started to sweat not walking around town performing so when you see me on stage and you're like that dude always wears a black t-shirt does he think he's cool no because my alter ego on stage is a guy i call sweaty guy yeah and sweaty guy for whatever reason four or five years ago not and he sweaty guy is undefeated i'll tell you what when i do i was on a my name is earl and I was so embarrassed by Sweaty Guy because I knew Sweaty Guy was going to come grab me. I duct taped socks, duct tape. So I put two pairs of socks underneath each arm and duct taped them around my. Oh my god! Because it's humiliating. Like it's it's it was one of those things where like I can't be on. So a Sweaty Guy has really limited my wardrobe, but he also has limited things. Like I've had to do a role before, and they're like, "Oh, we can't do that. You can't." You can't wear that shirt because sweaty guy beats, you know, there's something you can put in your shirts too. Sweaty guy beats everything. Yeah, the Tommy John shirts are pretty good. I wear those. Yeah? Yeah, they're pretty good. The undershirts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, they work? But it does. Like, I've had, I've been sweaty since, like, I don't know when it was. I'll never forget this. I was playing Little League, or not Little League, it was a soccer. And it was kind of cold out. It was a fall, you know, fall fall yeah. sport. And I'm a, I was a goalie. And on my select team or whatever, and one of my buddies is like we get it you were an athlete when you played we get we get it you, we get it select team i was just really really good do you want to show player. us a picture of you jumping again yeah right. i said little league like i don't think there's little league soccer is there it's, it's whatever anyways yeah can we show that <laughs> can we show my inside the ballpark home run yeah, can yeah we, let's just throw everything do throw we the have highlight any pictures reel. of him 12 playing soccer can we show me making about 10 errors a game but my head was steaming because I was sweating so much, uh, and the and the, whatever the air, the yeah. the barometric pressure on the day made my head steam. Wow, good work, dude. So I'm steaming and I'm sweating, and I was always a sweater. I've always been a sweater my whole life, and it consumes you. It does. And I go and you know, so I I, I go see a therapist for other things and all kinds of things. But this is one of my biggest things: is I sweat. Like if I'm in a room like this, like like I, I sweated in the yeah. beginning, and then I stop. Like I'll start sweating because I'm like I'm enclosed or whatever, and there's no air. If there's air, I got a chance. But if there's no air, I sweat. If I have to wear a suit or tie, I'm sweating. Like if you see me at a like oh your event, you sweated. What? What your first event? We were I sweat. You and I, but I was wearing a black jacket. Right. I was sweaty too. But oh, I sweaty guy only hits me under the arms. So you can get surgery for that. 
What? Yeah, you can get surgery to to do that. What? What is? What would they See, take? I'm, out a, your... I'm a I'm a head sweat. Yeah. What they take away? They, what they take out your sweat glands? Yeah. You can you can you can snip snip. You know what my fear of that is? Because somebody was like, you should Botox it. My fear is that it'll just come out somewhere else. Sweaty balls. And well, then you're on stage and you have a huge pit stain right around balls your balls. Sweaty balls doesn't bother me. To me, that's kind of man. What if your jeans are just just drenched because your armpits got snipped? Well, I I I wonder if anybody sweats that profusely <laughs> from their nuts. No, I I had a I've buddy. had a piece of sweat drip off of my taint before. Oh man, taint sweat. Where where are we going with this one? Bud? And a taint sweat actually sounds like something that sounds like a Florida school. Taint sweat sounds like like it'd be a song by Keith Sweat. Ooh, you've got some of that taint sweat, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I want your taint sweat. Yo, I'm gonna back up some of that taint sweat, girl. To the very last drop. Tell me something <laughs> good. Taint sweat. Oh my. what? No, you can do it. My buddy did. It. My buddy did it. He's a big sweater too. Big guy. I'm gonna think about that. Yeah, because, because it's, he's a business guy too. So like for business stuff, that's bad. Does it happen for you? The more I think about it, oh, 100%. the more I sweat. So yeah, that's 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 probably hundred percent of not hundred percent. I'm a sweat like you put me if I'm if it's seventy five degrees. But you stopped. Yeah, I stopped. the beginning you came in, but we 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 stopped it. Yeah, so like if I was it, it, like also I got jeans on and a long right. sleeve shirt right. that doesn't help me either. You know, the more air circulation I can get, but it's it's a big problem in my life a lot of times, and I just. You know, and that's my whole point of going and like I gotta get over it. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes it's psychological, but most of the time it's because it's hot. I'm but, just, I'm just a hot, you know, I'm a hot man. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I, I know I've ignored phone calls, and I Let's apologize. T- we need to take like one phone call at least, or a couple. I, I know, but we're running so late, buddy. It's six fifteen. I got no, I got nothing. I know my wife is sick. I do. What? Yeah, she's sick. That's what happened. She's sick. She got the flu. That's why she's sick I, of you. Mate, well, imagine how hard it would be to be married to me. Oh, me too. God, My, I mean, our wives are saints. Oh, by the way, and I know I'm playing. I've outkicked my coverage. You have also <laughs> clearly outkicked your coverage. <laughs> like I, every time I see your wife, uh, I'm like, I don't. Good for her. Like she, she must have really seen something in you. <laughs> So there's some uh, my, my wife loves sweat. <laughs> I was like, she must really she's like. She's a huge Keith Sweat, you know. Oh, fan that's girl. what it is. Yeah, she's huge, a big Keith Sweat huge fan. Huge Keith Sweat fan. Um, all right, I'll open them up. But we, but we now, gotta take a couple because I know a lot of people tweeted. I, I know. Mad. Okay, we'll three, do, we'll do them quick. Three two three, but they may have all gone away by now because they get mad. Three two three two eight two seven four two four. Three two three two eight two seven four two four. I'm curious if Justin and Quincy will call mm. because Justin and Quincy. Where's Nana Judy? Oh, that's right. You listen. I listen. This is my this is my jam. Yeah, Nana Judy. Nana Judy, where are you? Uh oh, Nana. Where's Judy? Kelowna? Kelowna doesn't call in here. John Ryan. John Ryan doesn't call in here either. Nana Judy calls in and and remember Crazy Jeffrey from Canada. I don't, do I know Crazy Jeffrey? Oh well, crazy's not the right word if you're listening, Jeffrey. But uh, excitable, is that a right good word, Aaron? Excitable. Sure. But Nana Judy, I believe, has been working, so I'm not sure if she's been oh, tuning no. in live. That's. Uh, uh, but uh, Justin from Quincy usually calls in, but I don't know if Justin is a, Justin is a huge sports guy. Like, wait, is Justin gay? Justin is gay. Yeah. Okay, I know who he is now. Yeah, Justin. Like, we have some people that are the. 
you know, the, what was crazy? The people, what was it when drama was on? There were people that I had never, it was like a whole different universe. A whole different vibe. A whole different universe. I could have easily pissed people off by ignoring their phone calls for an, uh, two hours. So I apologize yeah. to you. No, I don't care. I, I know there's a couple people on Twitter that wanted to call in. I, I saw that. But, but and what will happen is if we didn't pick them up and they called in, they may not call in. But let me, let me tell you something. Okay. LGBT community in yeah. Boston. Big. big with uke? Big. A lot of uke shirts. That's good to know. Yep. You know what's funny is Huge. that- Huge. I'm proud of that, too. That's like, that's one of my proudest ones. You should be, dude. Yeah. You should be. And I will tell you something. As an athlete, I'm sure there was a lot of assumptions. And, you know, I used to do a podcast with um, Ross Matthews. And I remember somebody calling in and saying, I just, I'm, I'm thank you for, well, let me see if I can get the words right. Thank you for someone who looks like you and acts like you to support us. And I was like, what does that mean? And the, the answer was, well, if I just judged you by your cover, you're the guy that picked on me in high school. You're the guy, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. You're the guy who was the asshole. Right. Which was eye-opening to me because I was like, I wonder if that's how people, because, you know, when I did Chelsea and a lot of stuff, you know, if you don't know me, my humor's juvenile, and there's a lot of, you know, I like a dick joke, and I think farts are funny, and that- Every guy thinks, to the day we die, guys listen, are gonna laugh at farts. Not just guys, anyone who's honest with themselves. Well, my three-year-old farts, it's like the funniest thing ever. Listen, when you learn how to Dutch oven yourself, Ooh. it's a good time. When that first time it's trapped under your covers, and you lift the covers up, and you're like, whoa, amazing. You know what I used to do when I was younger in high school? If I had really bad, this is terrible, I had really bad farts, and I didn't want to waste them on my family, which I like to do. Right. I would run into my car and fart and then shut the door just to see if the how long the smell would stay in there. It was like a, I was a scientist as a kid. Oh. Obviously, it's all in the act of science. But I would hotbox my car like repeatedly. I'd run out and fart and come back in, run out and fart, come back in to see if when I came out in the next morning, I mean- I'm not and see it and see if it still stayed. Yeah, listen, I'm not saying that. I I'm had a buddy that he he perfected the cup. He could cup a fart. Oh, and throw, throw it, it at you. He perfected that. It Aaron, was unbelievable. Aaron's shaking his head. You don't like that, buddy. No, I'm, that's wow. That's good. Yeah, he perfected it's it. It's not easy to throw air. I won't. I won't say his name either. Why not? Yeah, we can't. We can't throw name. I mean, he's got a nice job. I don't know if he can get fired for cupping. Well, maybe he's maybe he cups what fart you, at his. Uh, at his. You don't think he? You think he gave up on cupping farts? No. No. I know. I know, <laughs> I know he did. If you and have, he's a Jewish guy. Yeah. If so you develop that skill, sick. you're not. You're not getting rid of it, buddy. I think we pissed off our callers. Oh I apologize. no. But we're gonna hear about it in Twitter. I will for sure. I hear about it all the time. You didn't pick up the fucking phone. You didn't pick up the phone. Yeah, there's some like, people that are gonna be it's mad. It's my fault. Aaron gives me this sign here, and I look at him, and then I just look away from or, him. Or they're just so disgusted with this podcast. They're like, I'm No, out. this is not the most disgusting podcast I've ever done. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Am I right? Didn't Tiffany Haddish talk about taking a shit in someone's shoe? No, I, I wouldn't say more disgusting. More like people are just like disgusted that this is just a horrible <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Do you? Uh, is there anything you want to plug, or you have a brew pub? Oh yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, we're we're I'm opening up a brew pub uh, in a town called Los Gatos, uh, California. It's right out of San Jose. Mm -hmm. uh, we're hoping to get the trademark of a name, but uh, I can kind of throw it out there right now. It's hopefully going to be called Loma Brewing Company, and uh, 
we had uh, we were named Foglight before, but some trademark infringement, which didn't even make any sense. Right. Um, that this company said we couldn't um, be together uh, with the same name, but wasn't even close to the same name. But uh, yeah, we're gonna hopefully open up here in May, and uh, my brother and I are open this up, and we hired a brewmaster. And hopefully, you know, people are going to come out. And I know everyone wants it to be baseball memorabilia and Boston Red Sox stuff, but we're going legit. We're just doing the I whole gastropub thing. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, we're leaving all the baseball stuff out. It, I, I had my time. Yeah. I, it's over. If I go to Fenway and do some stuff, it's fun. But, you know, I, I just try to, you know, this is my, the way I look at my next part of my life is I can still do baseball stuff and be a part of baseball. And I still want to be ba- part of baseball to the day I die. But you have to do things that are outside of your normal, um, you know, your comfort, your comfort, level. yeah, your yeah. comfort level, whatever. And you have to challenge yourself, you know. And I think this is part of the things I love to do. Uh, I'm a huge craft beer fan, you know. I got we got craft beers here. I got a Hanukkah beer out. here. You got Hanukkah. Pass the beer. Chala. Hilarious. <laughs> so Schmaltz Brewing. Schmaltz. So that's Hebrew he- Hebrew Brewing Company. I'm pretty excited to have one of these. Um, well, okay, so you have that. Um, and then I got something else that's coming out. Which you uh, told me last night, which we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about But well, I will tell you, it, it, it's, it'll the be coming best, out it's the best idea for an app I've heard in, and not an appetizer, <laughs> an, app, an app for your phone. App slash website. It's, it's amazing. So I'm really excited for, for you to start doing that. That's going to be huge. Yeah, so it's going to come out this year uh, probably at the end of the summer uh, when we hopefully launch. Uh, could be August, September. But uh, it's definitely going to be something that keeps me in the game. Uh, myself, uh, Nick Punto mm-hmm. is involved in it, and uh, it's just basically something that we're trying to we're trying to set up a company to kind of help out and keep our, keep us. So the biggest thing is Nick and I both have been offered like jobs, like working like minor league baseball and stuff yeah. like that. And you know the biggest thing is is we're family men. We have three kids. We we both have three kids. We understand the grind of a baseball season is. But it's it's very unhealthy. Yeah, and you're away from your family so much that we just don't want to do that. So we're doing an app and stuff to stay within the game that will be pretty exciting and fun. And we hope to educate you know young kids. So through yeah. this app, it'll be fun. It's a good time. Uh, that app is a great idea. Hopefully, it comes to fun. <laughs> or we just got some bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, you can um, comedian Josh Wolf. Dot com for di- site uh, dates. Ooh. I, I made T-shirts, fairly normal T-shirts. <laughs> by the way, I forgot. I should have set that up front. You just killed that. What? You just killed that. You My just, own blah, website? ComedianJoshWolf.com for tour dates. Uh, I'm in Kansas City this week. Uh, Buffalo, the second week in January. Portland, Oregon, the third week in January. And I am in Boston the last week in January. Then I'm at a Are cas- you really? I'm at a casino in- I'm in Boston the last week of January. I'm at Laugh Boston. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome because I, I have a this dental. What dates? I do this 28th, 29th. And- I'm there. I land the 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th. I might go to the Celtics game on the 27th. Are you there the 27th? Uh, I, I it's a Thursday. I fly in. Okay, yeah, I fly in. On, I fly in on Wednesday for the Celtics game. Then, but you come to the show. Fucking come to a show. I don't know. We'll Fuck see. you. We'll see. Uh, uh, are and you, then are you gonna be pitting? Yes, I'm in. I'm heavy pitting. I'm in. Heavy pitting. I'll come up and sweat with you. Will I called Will? When he's gonna come do a song with me on stage. Oh, cool. It'll be fun. So, Boston. And then, guys, if you live in the San Francisco area, uh, I am at Cobb's. Yes. For Valentine's Day weekend. So, come out, come out wherever you are. I have fairly normal t shirts that'll be coming up on the website um, and some koozies and some coffee mugs. And I'm actually doing merch. I never did it, but I'm going to do it because I've been a terrible businessman and what the fuck. And that's it. Aaron, anything else you want to talk about? 
Did you have a question? You want a baseball question? You wanted to ask you? Aaron, Cardinals Aaron, fan. Aaron freaking hates me. Yeah. He he basically told me my face. He yeah. Did you have a baseball question you wanted to ask him? No, I think the the stance one was a big one. That was interesting to me because I was I always thought you had the very unique stance, almost a dancer stance. <laughs> and we he so, claims to be a dancer. So yeah. So, so I actually practiced that at um, what's that what's that place in Rhode Island that Movon used to go to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside one. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, I ha- man, this might be my favorite one, dude. And how... Y- you, you, say, you know what? I listen to your podcast, you son of a bitch. But, but you I, know... I, you say that to every single one. Because in the moment, for me, it is. <laughs> like, I really enjoy this This is so the much. best one you'll have in 2016, this well, week. Let me ask you a question. We are now at... Ooh, we're almost at two, two hours. hours. Bert, did you feel like where you were like, how are we gonna fill up an hour? Did that? Did no. that? Because I, I, I did radio. I did right, the baseball right, right. hour, and and, and the, it goes so fast an hour. You know, when in sports, when you're talking sports, it goes fast. I mean, I love it. I mean, like you've always asked me to do stuff, but yeah. you know, I'm more of a I'm more of a radio face. According to somebody to my left, told me this already. I didn't say radio face. <laughs> I said radio body. <laughs> you have a great face. I kill you. You kill me. You're so strong. You're so strong. <sighs> My chunky nana. <laughs> hey, everybody. We'll see you next week.